get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Character and Smallman Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's Character and Smallman. Welcome to Carriker and Smallman with Dan McLaughlin. This is the way it's going to be on Thursdays and Fridays, henceforth on 101 ESPN at 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Dan, you'll be pleased to know that you are the person that required me to use the word henceforth, henceforth. for the first time on the show. <laughs> what are we in England? Henceforth. Henceforth. That's what you, you sound very traditional it's very uh, proper henceforth we're doing this well you know like we said yesterday with baseball around the corner it seems like the right time to do it a lot of times you get ready for a weekend big weekend series and uh i'm just thinking guys we're gonna have baseball coming up so uh it seems like the right time to do it and you know, fingers crossed, we're going to have baseball, so here we go. We know the truth, Dan. You heard that we're having Nolan Arenado on the show well, today yeah, at 9.30, yeah. so yeah. today was the day you wanted to jump on. You know, I had to introduce <laughs> myself and say, hey, Nolan, what's going on? Why don't you come on the show? No, I didn't do any of that. But, yeah, I'm excited to, to visit with Nolan Arenado, and it's going to be great to uh, be with you guys on Thursdays and Fridays. Really looking forward to it. We are, too. Greg Amzinger at the bottom of this hour. Aeneas Williams, who played against Tom Brady in Brady's first Super Bowl, the Hall of Famer, will join us at 8.15. We're also going to talk to Jeremy Rutherford and, as we mentioned, Nolan Arenado at 9.30. I want to start off with something. I didn't realize this until John Clayton tweeted it last night, but Clayton tweeted, I can't believe my wife and I can't watch the Super Bowl because DirecTV and Cox TV can't reach a deal for Channel 7 in Seattle. I've been to 45 Super Bowls, missing my first since 1983. Lowcast has problems connecting. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Direct TV is shutting us out. <laughs> I'm in the uh, Hall of Fame. John Clayton, Hall of Famer, cannot get the Super Bowl. Someone needs to make sure that that is rectified. And what a flex. And you can't really oh. go anywhere. Yeah, because Tony tried that, though. Dr. Fauci saying don't go anywhere else because you can't be congregating. You, you don't want to do <laughs> right? that. Yeah. So he might be out of luck. So get the app and listen on 101 ESPN, I guess. Great call. Yeah, I that's the way to do someone it. someone in Seattle, though, could probably slip John a password probably. for an app or something he could yeah. download so that he could get the game. But what a flex to take to social media and say, I am a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I need the Super Bowl. <laughs> Michelle, you wouldn't believe how many times during um, the baseball season, as you may or may not know, there have been some disagreements with some cable companies and they're saying, uh, you know, uh, we can't the get the baseball game. And I uh, and it's apparently my fault. I'm just the guy that calls oh. the game. I don't negotiate <laughs> these deals. So leave me out of it. And. I say this with all due respect. Please do. <laughs> Leave me out of it, Randy. Yeah. There, There is no such thing as a free lunch. If you want to get your television delivered for less cost, there's a chance that the company 
that is delivering your entertainment for less cost is doing so because they aren't paying for something. That's true. You have to pay for quality, and the Cardinals are programming that all of these companies have to pay for. Yes. That's, that's right. And so, so DirecTV has FS Midwest. Charter has FS Midwest. If you're going to cut the cord at some point along the line, you're going to have to pay a price. That's just You aren't paying as much, so you aren't going to get as much. And I should uh, inform, I got a little breaking news here. You ready? Breaking oh, news. Wait, should we fire the sounder? I'm like, yeah. can we get the sounder? Yeah, breaking Do we have news. it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hold on. Hopefully need, I don't like screw this thing up. the dramatic um, effect here. Yeah, I don't want to screw this thing up, though. If I get breaking news, I better do it right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, go ahead and do it whenever you're ready. Okay. ESPN breaking news alert. Yeah. Uh, Randy, I left my glasses in the, in the car, too. <laughs> Let me borrow your glasses. Look at this. I'm like a mom in with Wait, a purse. Wait, I can't oh, confirm. Thank you. Randy just ripped the glasses off his face, passed them to Dan, and pulled out a second pair. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. You, you can oh, use those. did we get propped for this one? Uh, okay, uh, February 27th at noon will be the first televised mm-hmm. game on uh, Fox Sports Midwest, uh, tentatively for spring training. Oh, great news! So for people to get it. Yeah. That, so if you get if you get Fox Sports Midwest, um, oh, thanks, Randy. Yeah, I'll, it, I'll keep these for the rest of the show. <laughs> And uh, for the 10 o'clock hour with BK. Uh, Yeah, February 27th, um, tentatively, would be the first televised game for spring training. So looking forward to that. That's going to be great. That's hard to believe. Wait, So soon. Today is the 4th. So that's, let's see, the 4th. Thank you, Randy. 23 days. Wow. Yeah. Can't and, wait. And we're going to do, I think, like 15 games. That's great. Are, yeah. you, are you going down there? Are you going to be doing it from here? Or do you know how that's working yet? Emily, go ahead and hit the breaking news <laughs> thing again. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, breaking news. 101 ESPN. Breaking news alert. Michelle, great question. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay so I, I, I'm not really sure yet. So we may be doing them. Uh, I may be doing them virtually here. I may be down there. Maybe a combination of guys. We, we may be doing it where we have an announcer down there in the actual booth and one here. It's a great, very logical question because are we allowed to go down there and be a part of it? We mm-hmm. we So there's going to be, again, maybe three tiers. Tier one would be obviously your players and your staff and your coaches mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then tier two and then tier three. Um, they are going to try to make sure there's nobody around the players. So, sure. I, I again, you could, like, set up shop down there like we did home games here where you could go to your hotel room, go to the ballpark, go back to your hotel room, kind of like you did here where you were at your house, you went to the ballpark, and you went to your house. I mean, I literally lived in my basement right. this summer to stay away from people. So to do the games and try to stay as careful as I could. So we may be doing that again. I, I We just don't know. I, I don't think people realize how many un, unsung heroes there are behind the scenes exactly. during this pandemic from a production standpoint. That's why I asked because it's incredible to me how many broadcasts are going off seemingly without a hitch from a viewer standpoint yep. with all the logistics and all the moving parts that are happening behind the scene, behind the curtain to keep people safe. But the, the networks have done a really, really great job. I watched last night. Uh, my wife thought I was nuts. I was watching the Missouri basketball game, guys, on mm-hmm. television and then watching the slew game in my lap on a phone. <laughs> nice. And everybody was virtual. Yep. You know, yep. everybody's doing it from their homes. So maybe that's what we'll do this summer. Who knows? One baseball note from yesterday. Colton Wong signs with the Brewers. A two-year deal, $18 million with an option for a third year at $8 million. 
I was under the impression that Wonger would get less than that. I'm thrilled that he was able to get the two-year deal for $18 million. Not a whole lot less than what the Cardinals did not want to pay him That's for right. this year. That's right. I was surprised by the terms of the contract, but I think it's interesting that he's staying within the division. I think it makes it fun. I think so, mm-hmm. too. I, I'm happy for him. I texted with him yesterday. He said, I'm really excited. Uh, it's a new chapter for me, and I'm with you guys. I, I thought it was a little hefty for the price. Because so many people in baseball now are are just paying for offense. They don't really pay for defense. But if you look at what Milwaukee has done um, defensively, they they needed to get a guy that could field at second base. Keston Hira is getting the yips, for lack of a better term. He couldn't throw the ball. He almost was starting to turn into Steve Sachs. And so 41 defensive runs saved the past three years and that's 15 more than any other second baseman and so they really get a good second baseman obviously as we all know here in st louis and if you look at the marketplace tommy listella got a three-year deal kike hernandez got 14 million in boston and then jerickson profar got three years and 21 million and you could look at profar as being a second baseman or an outfielder so the nine million may be a little hefty for what he does ops wise but you're probably paying for their particular marketplace and defense and what they needed, it's understandable. So good for Colton Wong. And in his career at Miller Park, a career 308 oh. average, 373 on base, 482 slug for an 855 yes. OPS at Miller Park. He has just killed the Brewers there. Six home runs, 23 RBIs, and just 217 at-bats. I look at their lineup, and I, I think maybe, guys, I don't know what you think, but they're a team that flies under the radar a little bit as competition for the Cardinals. They're going to get Lorenzo Cain back, who opted out last year. That's right. They're going to get Christian Yelich. You would like to think that he's back. I throw out I throw out a lot of seasons last year. We, we talk about guys having down years. I mean, think about it from the Milwaukee perspective. They're saying, hey, we, we get Kane back. We get Yelich back, who's an MVP candidate. They got Acevel Garcia, who's a good player in the outfield. Luis Urias is their third baseman. Orlando Arcia is a good shortstop. Now Colton Wong. They can move uh, Hura to uh, first base. And then Omar Navarez is their catcher. So not a bad lineup. I don't really love their pitching staff, but Colton Wong certainly makes them a better team today. The Blues will unveil their reverse retro red jerseys tonight when they take on Arizona in the second game of a two-game series over at Enterprise Center. Six o'clock with the pregame. Seven o'clock, the face-off. Curbs and Joey here on 101 ESPN. Yesterday... Blues Poho, Doug Armstrong, and general manager, named the general manager of Team Canada for the Olympics. No pressure there. I sort of uh, use the analogy of it's like playing Russian roulette, uh, being the manager of Team Canada. It's, It's exhilarating. It's nervousness. And it's a lot of fun. And you only get to lose once. So that that's sort of what you you know, you know the rules going in. Uh, there's there's great expectations uh, in Canada to to put a team on the ice that's uh, productive and and fights and wins a go- wins gold medals and uh, that's our goal going in. And you understand the pressures that go with it. You understand that there's 38 million people uh, uh, that are they're going to have questions about the team that we pick, and you just move on and do the best you can and, and hope it works out. It's one of the great analogies of all time. 
You gotta love Army with these morbid comments. Take the <laughs> knife, jam it into their eye, into the brain and, brain and kill them. Being the GM for Canada is like a lethal game of chance in yeah. Russian roulette. He really takes it up a notch. Having covered the Blues, and you go up to Canada, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Canada on like a Saturday night. Never it, been to Canada. It's, Our friends to the north never been. It's religion. Hockey mm-hmm. is religion. It's an experience. I mean, the whole country is watching the world juniors, for God's sakes, right. much less the Olympics. I think back to when Sidney Crosby scored in Vancouver in the Olympics there, and the ratings, we were talking about television earlier, and they beat Team USA. The pressure to win that year for Gretzky when he assembled that team was immense. Every year, it's immense. So the pressure on him to win, he's right. The, the, the silver, eh, fine. Bronze, eh, whatever. You have to win the gold. You are expected to win yep. the gold. That's all there is to it. You have to win. You are expected to win because you have the best players in the world. Typically, I wonder if Ryan O'Reilly is part of that team. There's so many good, good centers, point. but you want to build a real team. You don't just mm-hmm. want to build an all-star team. And Ryan O'Reilly, with the way he plays both ends of the ice, he, he probably should be on that team. He and Bergeron both should be on that team. Well, think about it, too. You also are leading your your real job is the Blues. So mm-hmm. you don't want to piss off your own guy. Yeah, good right. point. So, good yep. point. You know, you, that's you, your you, captain. You're, yeah, that's your captain. You kind of got to bring him too, don't you? Yeah. I mean, if he, if it's, I guess if look at it this way: if you had Ryan O'Reilly and Player X, and they're both equal, Ryan O'Reilly gets the edge. No doubt. No yeah, doubt about good it. Good point. That's Dan. That's Michelle. I'm Randy, and this is Carriker and Smallman with Dan McLaughlin on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we were motivated and inspired last week by Bradley <laughs> Beal's wife who, after a loss by the Wizards, tweeted simply, sick of it. (laughs) So that's our new next segment on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. your participation on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And as we go along with this segment on Thursdays, we would also like to get your mic drops. And it'll be a lot of fun. The The name of the segment, as you heard the guy with the deep voice say, yes. is uh, Sick of It. So this was inspired last week when Bradley Beal scored 47 points in a Wizards loss. <laughs> another and, one. <laughs> in another Wizards loss. And his wife just simply tweeted... Sick of it, which you have to look at it like it's being said that way. You have to put it in context. It's it's not just sick of it or sick of it. It's sick of it. See, I read it as sick of it. Oh, that's good, too. Emphasis on the sick of it. Okay. So what we want to know is what you're sick of. For example, I'm sick of Zoom. Zoom meetings every day in our lives here. Zoom press conferences. (laughs) I want to see Adam Wainwright. I want to meet Nolan Arenado at a real press conference. I want sales lunches. I want to meet clients. I want free food. (laughs) (laughs) So Zoom, sick of it. Good one, Randy. And I know you do miss free food. You've mentioned that before. You do miss free food. If if somebody's willing to take me to lunch, I'm going. If it's free, it's me, right? Totally. (laughs) Free, it's me. I'm in the sports media. That's a good one. I have two, actually. You know what I am sick of? When I wake up in the morning... 
It's pitch black outside. I am <laughs> sick of it. I am sick of not seeing the sun in the morning. We're looking out the window right now on Olive Boulevard, and it looks like a cave outside. I'm sick of it. I need some sunshine. I need some vitamin D in my life. It makes us all happier to have some sunshine. I'm over it. But I'm also over, I mean, and this is, everyone is over this, but I'm so over COVID, when I think about the Super Bowl and how excited I am about this matchup, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, these are two great teams. We as a society deserve a matchup like this. And then last night, I'm going to ESPN.com to prep for the show, and I see potentially the barber has COVID and could have infected the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me that we could have had someone that is cutting hair infect the Chiefs with COVID? I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely (laughs) sick of it. I am sick of hearing about labor dispute in Major League oh, Baseball. Oh, great one. I'm sick of it <laughs> because we're in COVID-19. And yes, I am very sick of hearing about that, Michelle. <laughs> oh, so sure I will are, totally Dad. agree with that. I think everyone would agree with that. There's no one that would dispute that. But I'm sick of hearing about the labor dispute. In a COVID-19 world or in any world, we shouldn't be hearing, and it's a general statement, but these two entities disputing when you have millions and billions of dollars on the line. So figure it out if you want to have a universal DH or if not, or if we're going to play 162 games or 154, if you're going to report on time or if you're not, just figure it out because I'm sick of hearing about it. And, I, you know, I just think about this. You know who I want to see back in St. I want to see Big City back in St. Louis. Oh, Jumbo Pepsi. Yes. Yeah, Matt a Adams. Yeah. Because he's here. Right. He's, he's on Instagram I'm th- every day showing his workouts and being uh, yeah. in St. Louis. And- yeah. I'm going to throw Big City out there. So if you get a if you get a DH, we got a DH. Bring Big City back. Why not? I'm just gonna, just throwing it out there. Love the guy. Yeah. So if you get a DH, bring Big City back. Bring the band back together. And That'd be Why fun. not? But I'm sick of... Yeah, I'm sick of just the the bickering back and forth, and we're, we're going to put a statement out. We're going to do this statement. No, just come together, say, hey, we're we're kumbaya, and we're going to have baseball. That's what I'm sick of. Emily Butcher is here. What do you have for us on the text line? And what are you sick of? I got to think about that one. You got to be sick of something. <laughs> well, this one, I'm 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 kind of similar on this first one from the six three six. Sick of it. Sick of winter. I want baseball. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then it's weather, it's baseball, it's spring. It's, it's hope. It's hope. Hope springs eternal. Yes, it does. Yeah, I agree with that. Hashtag well, winter is stupid. I always post that w- Rogers Hornsby quote whenever the season ends. Where when winter starts, you look when the season. You look uh, out the window. You look out the and, window and wait yeah. for spring. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, from. You, oh, go ahead. From the 314, I'm sick of Tom Brady cheating in the Super Bowl. He clearly gave the Chiefs barber COVID. <laughs> There's no doubt. Randy. You think you think Tom Brady gave the, um, he the barber the guy. COVID? Hired the guy. Well, here, to the greater point, um, do you think, though, that the players were necessarily um, – do you think it was important that the, the, the Chiefs players had to get a haircut before they went to the Super Bowl? Because – there were there really were no interviews except on Zoom. Did you have to look your best? Not really. Throw on a hat. Stay away from people. Just show up at the game. Get away from everybody and be ready to play. The plan was for the players, 20 of them, to get haircuts on Sunday before the game. You know, Dan, you may have heard this. If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. I don't care. We're in COVID. <laughs> Just show up healthy. Then after the game, go do whatever the hell you want. And by the way, doesn't Patrick Mahomes have a barber already? Have Personal we seen barber. him like a million times? Yeah, in the commercials. Yeah. I've seen him. Yeah. yeah. What's it called? Look like Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. He's got somebody on retainer. 
Go get the guy from Coming to America too. <laughs> I watched the trailer for that yesterday. I'm, I'm. That's something I'm not sick of. I'm very excited for March. I think 17th was when the, the St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it comes out. Very nice. Yeah, Coming to America too. <laughs> what do you got, Emily? Let's see. Sick of it from the 314. When it's borderline freezing and raining, if it's going to be this cold, it might as well be snowing. I tend to agree with that, having not necessarily like toddlers anymore, mm-hmm. but I do you see the forecast for next week? Oh, I told, Randy, told Randy about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like high of 18 for three straight days. Single, A lot of single digits in there. But the problem is, is that there are no more snow days because now we're all virtual. Mm-hmm. So schools don't really have snow days. So you just have virtual days, which stinks for kids. Totally. Stinks for me. Why does it stink for you? Because I, I like it when you people are tortured by your kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been tortured for a while. Believe me. Sick of it. Yeah. And believe me, um, you think we're tortured. They're tortured, too. Oh, yeah. yeah big time. Big time. Yeah. yeah. You were asking me whether or not I'm going to go down to spring training. If it's up to my family, I'm out the door. <laughs> they want me gone. Really? Oh, they're done with me. They're like, you, you're restless, Dad. We need you out. <laughs> you're out. We're, we're so sick of you. Get the hell out. They want me gone. Randall, what else are you sick of? Uh, Emily, what else do we have up on the screen? From the 618, sick of it, not having Battlehawks football this spring. Oh, yeah. Miss that. Of all the things stolen from us in the sports world during this time, that's at the top of the list for me. I was so disappointed with the L.A. game. That was the one that that was the one of all of them. It was cool seeing football back at the Dome and all that stuff. But to see the place packed and to see that the national perspective was changing on a lot of levels. And then people would have said, because, you know, leading into that game, they they were going to say, wow, they're going to have X amount of people at this game which would have probably quadrupled the number at most games because L.A. was in town. Mm -hmm. That would have been very cool for people to see. Did you see that Kurt Hunziker got a new job with Major League Baseball? What's he doing? He is running Minor League Baseball again. So smart. Great hire by them. Yeah, he's going to be in charge of that, so I'm guessing he's not coming back to the Battle Hawks, but uh, good for Kurt. He'll be great at that job. What's his role? Do you know technically what Uh, it is? Let me find the... uh, Okay, he is going to be the... uh, And by the way, he had had a role previously in baseball with Rawlings for many, many years. Right. So that's great. Yeah, I'm trying to find uh, the exact... Here we go. Uh, If you want to know what... uh, No, that's not it. I've got a title for it. I'll find it here as we go Okay. You want me to do one more? Yeah, we'll do one more. All right. Um, from the 636, I am sick of people not knowing how to drive in the rain. Yeah, that's bothersome. You yeah. get pretty, that's pretty much given every single year of I'm sick of it. Yeah, we have precipitation here in St. Louis. You think we would have adapted, but no. As soon as it rains, as soon as it snows, people don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, I yeah. would I would agree with that. With the snow, when, when I was driving home last week, people were like flying past me. And, you know, I mean... So you're the person then that holds everybody I was, up. I was driving cautiously. I mean, my car, they, they hadn't done anything to the roads. There's a difference, Emily, of driving cautiously like an old lady or okay. an old man. I wasn't driving like an old lady. Okay. I was just trying not to crash my car like the I need to preface that by seen. saying an old person. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. okay. You were doing 20 on the highway and then going, causing accidents. I was going, I think, 45, 50. Again, an old person. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're the person causing accidents. All right, Kurt's, uh, 
Kurt's new gig is <laughs> Vice President Minor League Business Operations for Major League Baseball. Great. So he will be uh, making his way to, what's the address? Park Avenue somewhere in Major League Baseball. I think it's 410. No, that's the old NFL address. Well, anyway, I wonder if, though, yeah. he could do it here with so much being done virtually. Oh, yeah. And they're cutting, um, disappointing in my estimation, but they're cutting so many teams in Major League Baseball this year. You know, they cut a lot yeah. of teams, so that that's going to be a busy job for him, undoubtedly. All right, thanks for your text. We do appreciate it. We'll do uh, Sick of It every week here on Carriker and Smallman and Dan McLaughlin. Next up, we're going to head to the Brown Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our Thursday visit with Greg Amzinger is next. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> St. Louis and Lindenwood grad, baseball announcer extraordinaire Dan McLaughlin joining uh, Michelle and I here on 101 ESPN. Also, St. Louis and Lindenwood grad, MLB Network's lead anchor, Greg Amzinger, is on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line this morning. Good morning, Greg. How you doing? Uh, good morning, guys. Yeah, I got to tell you, I remember vividly the first time I saw Danny Mac in person. I was a board operator at Camo X Radio. And then walks Dan McLaughlin with this perfect golden hair, like combed with a perfect part, <laughs> this tight suit, a pocket square that could kill. It was just, whoa. I, I'd never seen anything like it in person. Wow. I'm emotional right now, Greg. <laughs> I, I, I remember that quite uh, vividly as well. And uh, the emotions right now are getting the best of me. Um, and... I remember looking at you and saying, my goodness, look at his hair. <laughs> I've met my match. Thing. Here's the thing. Back in those days, I had sideburns down to my lip. Oh, I, I had I, like a soul patch. You remember this? Yeah. Randy probably. You, yep. I, I remember. crazy, man. I was out of my mind. I don't think I've really improved. I, they just consultants make me look different. So I'm still the same weirdo. It's just They make me look different. Greg, I, I remember, and I said, I've met my match. <laughs> hey, that's a, take us behind the curtain here. Like, how much influence do consultants have, really, when you go on the air? Uh, it's interesting. You know, they uh, – so we have, like, wardrobe, and we meet with them, and there are colors they like on us. There are colors they don't like on us. There are cuts of suits that they like on us. I personally have some that I like. I'll take you way behind the curtain here. I'm the only broadcaster at MLB Network that shows up to the studio fully dressed to be on the air. Mm. Now, that's not because I'm super professional. It's because I'm wildly lazy. <laughs> I don't understand the double laundry. Why would you... Why would you pick out some sort of outfit that people are going to critique because this is a reflection of your style, jeans, the button down, only to go to work, lug all of your TV gear with you to change? That's what impacted me when I saw Dan McLaughlin. He was walking through the radio station ready to be on TV. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be ready to be on TV. It actually helped me when I started at MLB Network in 2009. Uh, so I'm always ready. I keep all my TV gear at home. Uh, guys leave all their stuff at work, but uh, I, I like interacting with the people in wardrobe and the consultants that tell us what works, what doesn't, because you don't want to be visibly distracting on the air. That's the last thing you want to be. 
Greg, but if you're wearing your suit in and you're wearing it all day, have you ever had a situation where you're a little rumpled and maybe wrinkled before you have to get on air? Never. N- no, no. Come on now. <laughs> never, ever, ever. I would never, ever allow that. We have a steamer. And nice. I've got my own personal steamer. Flex. What right? flex, Greg? Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. But i got to make sure I'm good. I also have the backup suit with the backup shirt, the backup tie, in case when I'm eating at work, I were to get some balsamic vinegar on a tie. Which <laughs> That's right. happened occasionally. Yeah, was at the, the backup plan. Foresight is what I've learned over the, in, in my career. Is always a plan ahead, expect things to go wrong, and maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. Uh, we talked about the acquisition by the Cardinals, Nolan Arenado, on Monday. Now that he's officially been introduced and you've had an opportunity to think about it, marinate, marinate on it, talk to people about the Cardinals' acquisition of Nolan Arenado, what's the thing that stands out for you most that you've learned over the course of the last four or five days? Uh, 99% of baseball fans are jealous of Cardinal fans. That's what I've come <laughs> to learn. Uh, and he, I get text messages immediately after the deal uh, goes through, and everyone's excited and happy that deals are going through. Collectively, for, for baseball, this is good for baseball. The people are excited. Then I've got those critical baseball buddies of mine that are not Cardinal fans that live in the Northeast or maybe on the West Coast. And and all of a sudden, the the commonality to the New England Patriots and how they're like grumpy that St. Louis is always doing the right thing, always going to be competitive. It kind of eats away at people that live in a different reality than the rest of us in St. Louis. We are spoiled brats. We are beautiful baseball brats that we we are pampered. And at some point, we have to acknowledge it. And I have been shooting many texts back and forth going, you just wish you were part of Cardinal Nation. I'm sorry that your parents led you down the wrong path when you were in pull-ups. But my parents <laughs> didn't. And I am a proud member of Cardinal Nation. It's good to be me. It's good to be me. <laughs> Greg, you just need to tell them, don't hate us because you ain't us. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, I can understand if you're if you're a fan of the Chicago Cubs and you think, wow, we're so cool. We got Jock Peterson and then boom, Nolan Arenado shows up in St. Louis. You're frustrated about that. And Theo Epstein bounces because he doesn't want to be part of a reclamation project, another rebuild. Those things don't happen in St. Louis. We don't know what that's like. The last rebuild featured Langford, Gilkey, and Jordan in the outfield. And that wasn't so bad. And there are a lot of people that are listening to this right now that weren't even alive when that happened. So <laughs> we don't even we don't even know how good we got in St. Louis. Well, here's a couple of things. Number one, Nolan Arenado knew in the Zoom right off the top of his head that the Cardinals have had 13 straight winning seasons, which is longer than he's been playing. Here's another stat. I don't know if we've ever used this one on the show, Greg. Every team in the National League except the Cardinals has finished with the worst record in the National League since 1990. The last time the Cardinals finished with the worst record in the National League was 1918. <laughs> oh, that's just salt in the wounds. There are people driving around right now in Illinois that, you know, you've got those wild Reds fans that are that can listen to this right now. And, you know, the Cub fans always around or a White Sox fan. It's just tough. It's tough when you've got such a storied organization that cares about the history. And I brought this up on Monday. A deal like this gets done because of the loyalty of the fan base. 
This is, it has a lot to do with it. Fans do impact the decisions that are made by organizations and front offices. There's a reason why the Cleveland Indians are up and down and down and up because they can't get people to go to games. When you can count, once, once we can get everyone vaccinated and you open up the gates and you're running a business like the St. Louis Cardinals and you know you're going to have sellouts, you know every seat's going to be filled. When you know that, that's a comfortable place to do business. Other organizations do not know that. So this is a move. Yeah, they're taking on a lot of money and gave an extra year of $15 million, And yeah, he could opt out. But what, what do Cardinals know? Cardinal fans know this. And, and Mr. DeWitt knows this. And John Mosellock knows this. He's going to be playing in front of sellouts every single night. He's going to go on the road and see half-empty stadiums. So he's going to understand how special this is. And, and fans impact moves like this. And this is uh, Cardinal fans are a big reason why this tradition, unlike any other Cardinal winning baseball, has continued to be enjoyed. Greg, I wanted to get your reaction to the news on Colton Wong. He signs a two-year, $18 million deal with the Brewers. What did you make of the deal and of Colton Wong staying in the NL Central? You know, a year ago, it was the Cincinnati Reds that were the first team to play the we might have a DH game. They loaded up on a bunch of bats. Mike Moustak is going to play second base. Let's go get eight outfielders. They kind of knew. Dick Williams at the time, the GM, knew that the, the, the DH was going to be in play. Now, there's a lot of pessimism right now about whether or not the DH is going to be universal. There's a chance it could come before everyone shows up to spring training. I am still holding out hope. I really am. Uh, with this report from Ken Rosenthal today that the union bailed on a conversation with the Biden administration about moving the, the date back a month. The union's going to be uh, you know, on the coals right now. They're looking like they're the problem. They don't want this to be the case. I still think the DH is in play. Uh, and that means Keston Hira is a de- designated hitter. If not, you're going to move him to first base. Cole Wong's playing second base no matter what. The Brewers were in the market for a corner outfield a player, which they might get before spring training opens up. But Daniel Vogelbach's not the answer at first base full time. Uh, but I think they would prefer Hira to be a DH. He's got a premier bat, can't really play a position, has a bad throwing arm. So, I look, I think the Brewers and their fan base was waiting for one move. I don't know if this two-year deal moves the needle, but good for Colton Wong that he got 18 mil and there's an uh, option for a third year. The Brewers, like every other year with their bullpen, the guys that they have back there, they're going to be a competitive team, uh, especially in a division that there wasn't a lot of moves. Greg, I'm holding out hope as a baseball fan that uh, we get spring training started for the Cardinals on the 17th. I, I don't know if it's the right thing to do. I, I'm not the right guy to, to answer that question. I don't know if anybody is. And you look at the COVID numbers in Phoenix, they're they're not good. Uh, you look down in Florida, the state is wide open. So I don't know if anybody really knows the right answer to what to do. But let's just talk about it from a baseball perspective. What, what are you hearing we got a couple weeks away. Do you think we start on time? I think the phone call that the union bailed on, they rescheduled to have the phone conversation with the Biden administration uh, privately without Major League Baseball part of it, which makes no sense to me. It kind of shows the divide between the two sides. Which Absolutely. Is uh, but I will say that the idea that came from it was, Let's move it all back a month so we can get as many players vaccinated with this new Johnson & Johnson vaccine product that has now become available. To me, that's the answer. Let's take our opinion and whether or not we're, we're frustrated by the previous CBA into account. If we can get the most players vaccinated, then we're going to have the smoothest 
2021 season possible. So I, I, at some point, the union is going to have to sit here and, and acknowledge that th- their clientele, the players, their health is what they're talking about here. Now, I get it. They're all young, strapping, strong men, so they're not worried about themselves. But, Dan, you know this. Working in an organization, how many layers of employees are involved and how many people from coaches to employees that are behind the scenes that are susceptible to a disease like this? And just because you're not feeling the symptoms doesn't mean you're not carrying it. So I think the safest way to go about this is for the union to get on the horn, talk to the government, see what makes sense. If there's a new product that can get into the arms in a week of these baseball players and you're trying to try to get them all 100% vaccinated before spring training, which would start maybe at the end of March, to me that's two plus two is four. Let's not make this too complicated. Do the right thing. Yeah, and I, my guess is is that you know when you look at this, I, I talked to John Mozeliak a couple of weeks ago, and, and the idea was you might have 80 players in camp. Now that's 80 players that does not include medical personnel, front office personnel, the clubbies, all the people that makes this thing go. So now you're talking at least another, oh, I don't know, 20 people, 30 people, who knows? So now you're getting into the hundreds for each team. And and I don't think the general public is looking at it that way. You're just looking at the players. And I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, if if you push it back another month, uh, it might be the right thing to do. And I guess from the player's perspective, because there's so much frustration with from the union to Major League Baseball, they're saying, well, we're going to be giving up power to the commissioner, then he's going to cut back more games. It's really a delicate situation, and, and that's where we're at right now. Especially if they're getting paid for 162, and that's the reported agreement or uh, deal that they were offering to the union that they turned down for 154 games. Uh, you make a great point. I think the court of public opinion is like, hey, we're watching the NHL do this. We're watching the NBA do this. Time out. This is a marathon sport unlike any other. This is an intimate gathering every single day. Spring training is a marathon day from 6 in the morning all the way until that spring training game is over. Then you have people staying late. It is a marathon to work for a Major League Baseball organization. Now let's just pretend that someone gets COVID. It spreads like wildfire when you have that many people in one intimate space every single day. You're playing games every day, and if one team gets it, now there's contact tracing from the last team they played. Now the schedule's all thrown out of whack. This is before we even get to opening day. So to me, you cannot compare baseball to the other sports just because they're trying to pull this off, and many are during this pandemic. This is a different animal, man. Baseball's 162. They won 154. The union wants their 162. It's just, you don't want it to be murky. You want this to be as smooth as possible, and I think the, the conversation they're inevitably going to have with the government is going to impact the way the union changes and looks at this. Greg Amzinger, you're the man. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. We appreciate your time. By the way, you're just going to watch it home with the family? Yeah, you know, play safe. I, I really loaded up that day. I drove around at 15 inches of snow. Thank goodness for <laughs> Thank goodness for all-wheel drive. I, I am really locked in, and uh, I've got I've got more boxes of booze around my house to celebrate the Super Bowl than I know what to do with. So party at the Amsingers. Have a great time, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Take care. See you, man. That is Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 65780. Teoli is coming your way. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> 
We've got Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Michelle, Dan, Randy with you. Kids, the Blues are wearing their reverse retro red jerseys. Or, as I used to say when I was a kid, the reverse wet wed jerseys. Did you? Oh, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. I used to go to, uh, when I was at uh, Craig's school, I used to have to go to speech classes. I had real, real trouble with my S's and my J's. My daughter so, used to call Luke, Wook. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah. Wook, what are you doing? Yeah. So, and here you are, professional broadcaster. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So take it or leave it, we will see those red reverse retro jerseys beyond this season. We will see them next year. Leave it, I hope. Oh, you don't like him? Not a fan? I don't like him. The only thing I like about it is when Bennington puts on the Cujo mask. Very cool. I yeah. love that. I, I do like that. Takes me back to Cujo. I was a huge Cujo fan. I'm not a fan of those jerseys. It takes me back to the Mike Keenan era, which I enjoyed <laughs> the players. Keenan, I, I could take her or leave him. Done. Uh, yeah. How you doing, Don? <laughs> but man, oh, man. They're the blues, for God's sakes. Take the red out. I'm going to leave it as well, not because I don't enjoy them, but because they will probably have something new, another new jersey that has a theme to it that they'll that they'll make money on. I would think so. This yeah. will be a specialty thing. I, I would think this is the year. In the organization, they don't like the Navy with the arch secondary logo that they got rid of a few years ago. I loved that one. I did too. But they aren't going to have that anymore. But I would think that this is a one-and-done sort of type situation. Okay, guys, we are looking ahead to the Super Bowl. We're going to do a segment coming up where we take a look at some of the individual matchups and the storylines from the game. If the Bucks win, regardless of his performance, Tom Brady will likely win the MVP award, right? Fair to say? Yes. Fair to say? But take it or leave it, the real X factor on that Bucks team is going to be JPP. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll take it. If Especially like- against Mike Remmers, who he says he doesn't know. <laughs> I love that. What mind games? I don't know who that is. But when you look at what's happening with the offensive line, that that front four for Tampa Bay could be the real disruptors in this game. And I think that JPP could have a monster game. Yeah, I'm going to take that. He'll Uh, certainly have a hand in what happens. Randy. Yeah. I knew that you would go. (laughs) I mean. You know what? His play could be explosive. (laughs) It really is. It's explosive play. Got to get a hand up on, on Mahomes. Um, and Mike Remmers has never played. He'll he'll wear Mike Remmers down to a nub. Okay. That one, Randy. <laughs> Again, I'm just going, I'm moving on because you know where he's going to go. It, soon enough, it'll be a death comment from Randy. So I'm moving on. Yeah, it's only 7:55, Dan. There's definitely going to be yeah, an OJ comment. We got comment two more hours. Point. Good call. Uh, take it or leave it from the 314. Cards make more moves before the season starts. Take it. Take it. Better I'm going to take that too. Right. Yeah, I, I think um, that would be the the most logical of the moves that they would make, and it seems like Yachty would be yeah. coming back. There's been reports, by the way, that the Blue Jays are interested in Yachty or Molina. Um, I only think the way I, I think the only way that that happens, though, it's got to be a multi-year deal guaranteed for Yachty to go to Toronto. It's got to be a two-year deal. Let's say twenty million dollars. I mean, they're going to have to up the ante to make it really, really enticing for him to go there. It sounds like a negotiating plant that John Heyman could be tweet. That's what I thought. Maybe this was coming from his camp to try to drive up his asking price or his commanding price, I should say. I I wonder if the Yankees are lurking 
They you, could be. You know, you, you see the comments from Brian Cashman in the last couple of weeks about Gary Sanchez and his frustration with some of the things. And, and he just said basically, hey, Gary Sanchez didn't play well. Right. That's why he didn't play in the postseason. Yeah. You don't hear that very often from a front office guy when you brought him back at a high price. And he said, hey, I'm sick of hearing the comments, essentially. And sick I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't play well. That's why he didn't play in the postseason. So take it or leave it, Gary Sanchez. But that's why you didn't play. Right. And, you know, there's some frustration there. I, I just wonder if they're lurking. And when you're Yachty, you think about, and Matt Holliday has talked about this, Nolan Arenado has talked about this, you have a chance to go play at a place that's historic. That's pretty cool. You know, the Yankees are a place, the Cardinals are a place, the Dodgers are a place. There's something about those places, Michelle, that are enticing. And the Blue Jays, no disrespect to them, they're not in that league. But $20 million in two years, eh, that's enticing. And by the way, the Yankees want to bring Brett Gardner back and they have $9 million under the luxury tax to spend. To do that. That's right. So, so and, and so getting Yachty would seem to be... That's the, where that money would back. be dedicated to right. him yep. or others. Yep. And that would be the guy. A couple yeah. of your texts. Emily, what do we have? From the 4-3-4, take it or leave it, Wong hits a walk-off against the Cardinals in their first series... in their first season series against St. Louis. I'm going to leave that. He's done that before, though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that. Although, when Colton Wong has a chance, having watched him a lot, to end a game, yeah. he is swinging for the fences many, many times. He kind of goes away from his approach, which is to, and he really did a good job the last two years of his approach was to go the other way. But, man, he had some really good walk-offs, and if yep. he's got a chance to yank one out of the park, he's going to do it. Cardinals know that. They'll probably pitch away, so I'm going to say I'm going to leave it. I'm saying that he sees Andrew Miller's sliders. Good point. At the end of the game. And he does one of those pirouettes and spins out and strikes out. Yeah. Just don't leave it up. (laughs) Right. From the 618, take it or leave it, the Cardinals will have three 100-win seasons over Arenado's seven years here in St. Louis. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to win 100 games. I'm going to take it. Ooh, Dan. I'm going to take it. Yeah. I I think one of them might be this year, actually. Wow. I think the Cardinals have a chance to be really good because the division is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. In the last 16 years, they've only had three. I understood that, and and I get that. I, I think if you add the DH this year, if it's coming, I do think the Cardinals would make an aggressive move to get somebody. I still think their lineup is not great. It's good. Arenado really helps it, but mm-hmm. the back end of that lineup, someone has He's got helped. to step up yeah. with it currently constructed, and if not, go get the DH, and maybe they go get somebody yeah. that helps, and maybe it's on their team. Maybe it's uh, Lane Thomas that steps up. Maybe it's O'Neal. It's it's the what-if game that we've talked about. It's a little still a question mark in the back end of that of that lineup. It's a I don't want to say thin. It could be better. Right. Let's put it that way. And if it gets that point to that point, then it's really good. And remember, the Pirates are in your division. And you face them, what, 18, 19 times. Arenado certainly helps things, but it doesn't answer every question you have about the outfield. Yeah. yeah. So it, that it, would help. And think about this, guys, just real quickly. And I know we got to run. What if we have a COVID-19 season? Let's uh, For argument's sake, let's just say they say, hey, we, we need to restructure our travel coming up for COVID-19. And you're going to play a ton of games inside the Central again. That's why I'm saying that this year like could be lot, a 100-win yeah. season because right. you're playing in the division. That would Play 154 and go 108 and whatever 54 minus 8 is. Yeah. Yeah, that would be... 46. Uh, yeah. Sure. Is that right? Boy, that'd be a really good yeah. team. That would. 154 games season and you went over 100 games. Wow. 
You're not losing very often. It has happened. But then the Indians lost the World Series when they did that. That's right. That's right. That'll happen. Yeah. No, that won't happen. Uh, thanks for your text. We appreciate it. Coming up, we've got some quick Super Bowl answers for you as we roll on with Carriker and Smallman with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle, Dan, and Randy with you. And Super Bowl 55 coming up, 530 St. Louis time here on 101 ESPN on Sunday. And some quick Super Bowl questions that need to be answered, Michelle. Yeah, let's take a look at some of these storylines here. Question number one for you guys. Which coordinator is going to benefit most from winning this game? Eric Bieniemy, Steve Spagnuolo, Byron Leftwich, or Todd Bowles? I was originally thinking Bulls, but I'm going to go with Byron Leftwich because offensive coaches seem to get more play. He's young. He'll benefit from being with Brady. He's a smart guy. I'm going to say the guy that has the best chance to gain a head coaching job if his team wins this Super Bowl is Byron Leftwich. I'll go with Eric Bieniemy, and he already should be a head coach, whether it be with the Texans or somebody else, and maybe it just applies more pressure on the league to hire him I, I it's it's just baffling that he is not and I'm sure it's going to well I'd like to think it'd be talked about this weekend as to why he's not I mean mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense as to why he's not a, a head coach it's it just his resume is there um, it doesn't make any sense and maybe by them having a big day and they, they put up numbers and do what they are expected to do and continue to do that Again, it sheds light on his situation and on the league and puts pressure on the league to hire him and take a harder look on his situation and say, hey, this is the guy that needs to be the next in line to be a head coach. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to go with our old buddy, Steve Spagnuolo. I've been banging this drum for a while. Four pillars. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Eight but character team, first core values. I'm so glad you remember those, Randy. That's, <laughs> of all the things in that he lives by that. Yeah, of all the things in that megamind, I'm glad the four pillars are there. <laughs> I really am. But I've been banging this drum for a while. I think when you look at someone like David Culley, who doesn't have the experience or the resume of Steve Spagnuolo, he's 65 years old. He's getting a head coaching job in Houston that a lot of organizations may take another look at Spags. I know it didn't work out here in St. Louis, but he learned a lot of lessons. It wasn't a great situation for him. And he would have won multiple Super Bowls, including back-to-back Super Bowls. And he's the guy who could slay the greatest of all time in Tom Brady. So I just think an organization might give him another look as their head coach if he wins this game on Sunday. All right, next question, guys. Which quarterback do you trust more, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes? Hmm. I think I got to go with Brady just because of the resume that he's he's been there for as long as he's been there and in these big games. Um, and I do think that the, there's more pressure, in my opinion, on Mahomes to win this game to say because he, he's going to have, I think, multiple Super Super Bowl Super Bowl chances. And if he beats Brady. When they look back in his career, they they can say, well, he won X amount of Super Bowls and he took down the greatest of all time. So when they look back on it, they say, oh, well, he did this, this and this. And by the way, he did beat Brady. Now, albeit Brady's 43, but he did beat him. Um, so I think the the guy I do trust more, though, would in this kind of game, in terms of relaxing, 
kind of gathering himself and having been there before, being down 28-3 to and been in all these different situations, it's got to be Tom Brady just because he's been there and done it. I trust Mahomes because he's never thrown a uh, a pass that was penalized because of the fact that it just wasn't going anywhere. So it, he doesn't get rattled. He, he wins big games. He doesn't lose big games. He's never lost a big game. Well, you know who else wins big games? Tom Brady. Yeah, but he's lost big games. He has, but he's won six of them. Yeah, but we were talking about that. It's really interesting when you think about him, you know, because he had the three cheat, cheat Super Bowls, right? <laughs> and then the other you wins. At least the, you're over things, Randy. Yeah, you get over it really the, easily. The Seahawks right, right. game, they should have run Marshawn, right? Absolutely. The Falcons game, Kyle Shanahan should have run the ball. Correct. Right? Correct. And then the Rams game, they were the Rams, the 13-3 game, the L.A. Rams, so. And they cheated on the first Rams yeah. is what you're going to tell me, right? Oh, they come on. We know that. But okay. also some of the ones they lost that Eagles game came down to the wire. A lot of Brady. He got the ball back at the end and couldn't pull it off. But a lot of Brady Super Bowls yep. could have gone one way yep. or the other right. right down to the wire. Both Giants games. He got yes. the ball back at the end and couldn't pull it off because he just wasn't good enough. I'm, I'm with Dan on this one, though. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, and he could end up being the greatest of all time, I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. It seems like a fool's errand to yeah. bet against Tom Brady. All right, next question. Besides the quarterbacks, does anyone get over that Hall of Fame hump with a win in this Super Bowl? It could be JPP, a Tyron Matthew. Is there anyone that you think could right now be on the cusp of that conversation that gets in if they win the game? I think Teron Matthew. That's my guy. If he's not already there, could be the guy that has a big game that really forces himself into the minds and hearts of writers. Yeah, and and just the way that his career has changed and the the I think the resume has changed, but also just how people view him. Mm-hmm. You know, when he came into the league, there's a lot of question marks. He had had kind of a checkered past and now he's looked at as a leader in Kansas City. He's won a championship, could be his second championship. To me, he's the guy. Bruce Arian said earlier this week that Matthew is his favorite draft choice of all time when the Cardinals drafted him. Wow. I wanted the Rams to draft him. Yeah, he's great. Rams didn't like safeties, though. I know, but I I like players. Rams didn't like good players. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really what the, it was. Troy Polamalu's on the board at number 13 in 2003, and they say, well, the safeties aren't worth taking there. Oh, mm. man. Mm-hmm. That one hurts. So that they took hurts. Jimmy Kennedy. I also wouldn't overlook JPP's resume. This would be mm-hmm. his second Super Bowl, one with two different teams three-time pro bowler and i think the story is something that hall of famers would like or hall of fame voters might like as well what he's been able to overcome and accomplish after that accident with his hand to be able to come out and dominate and win another super bowl i wouldn't be surprised if we see him get in as well if they win go ahead randy i got nothing oh you're gonna sit there and talk about where you're gonna put the ring oh (laughs) that's what he's gonna say i already know it i know you randy like the back of my hand you're right but that was that, of course you are. Well well done, Daniel. Thank you. All right. uh, no, I don't want to say thank you. No. Bad Dan. But you know, he's, he's acclimating, Randy. He's, he's fitting right into the show. You see this? You see this? No. All right, final Terrible. question for you guys. Which player outside of the star names do you see having an impact on the game? Or if you think that there's one person outside of the quarterbacks that might be an X factor, go for it. I am going to go... With Vita Vea, defensive tackle for Tampa Bay. I think he could make a huge difference, especially against the run. And not that it's a great thing if you force Kansas City to throw the ball all the time. But I think Vita Vea could 
be a disruptor for Kansas City as a member of the Buccaneers for the Kansas City offense in this game. JPP again. I mean, he's the guy. And if he steps up and plays well and puts pressure on him, then he would be, to me, somebody you have to look at. And then you got to look at the protection on the left side of Mahomes. So mm-hmm. Remmers is the guy that if he has a big game and is able to protect, then all of a sudden Mahomes can do what Mahomes does. And no one talks about that. That's the key. If you give him protection and give him time, it's over. And that's why I think Kansas City wins this game, by the way. I'm going to bend the rules a little because this is a star name, but I'm going with Rob Gronkowski because they've used Gronk in interesting ways this season, a lot of blocking. We haven't seen him in the typical Gronk plays that we're used to seeing out of New England. We saw one of them in the NFC Championship game where he got a look and barreled down the sidelines. And I thought to myself when I saw that, I go, I wonder if they're going to unleash him in the Super Bowl, if it's going to be a vintage Gronk performance, a Brady to Gronk performance. So I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski. Who would you guys rather have, Gronk or Kelsey? In their prime? Now. Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. In their prime, Gronk. How about for one game? Yeah, I'd probably go with Gronk as well. I think Kelsey benefits a lot from Tyreek Hill being there. I think that Gronk was, he clearly was, the number one target and was still covered and still caught balls yeah. from Brady in New England. Yeah. I, I'm i with Michelle. I, he could be an X Factor this weekend and they unleash him, which would be fun to watch. He's a hell of a player. So those are some questions and answers about Super Bowl 55 coming up. Guy who played in the Super Bowl for your St. Louis Rams, St. Louis and Aeneas Williams is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carriker, 101 ESPN, Super Bowl 55 Sunday here on 101 ESPN. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our friend, the great St. Louis and Aeneas Williams, kind enough to join us and talk about Tom Brady playing in another Super Bowl. Aeneas played against Brady in his first, and now Brady is playing in his 10th. Good morning, Mr. Williams. How are you doing? Good morning, and to uh, to your team, I just want you guys to know the Spirit Church down there, we put Randy on our prayer list because when Tom made it to another Super Bowl, I knew Randy would need some prayer. All oh, right? does he oh. ever. <laughs> I love that. Randy on the prayer list. <laughs> Randy on the prayer list. Great being on with you guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And I, I feel the power, Aeneas. I appreciate that very much. The power of prayer is just, it, it's so overarching. It's great. <laughs> Aeneas, you have no idea. You have made our morning. You have no idea. How, and whatever you're doing, pray harder, okay? <laughs> Will do. And uh, the, the, obviously, the, the Spirit Church. What, what are you guys doing now with COVID? Are you? Do you have Sunday services now, or are you still online? Uh, absolutely, we have Sunday service. Randy, we physically distance all of our chairs within the sanctuary. We do the mask. You have to register online to go through a series of tests when people come. We also check uh, check temperatures, but we also have thousands that are viewing us virtually as well. So. Either option, but we all are respectful for the CDC guidelines, respectful for each other. And so it's been outstanding, Randy, and we just continue to pray that the vaccine is continually 
levied out where a number of people can get it. Guys, I just had a strong conversation with my mother, who was afraid to take the second uh, uh, shot. She and my dad took it a month ago. It was scheduled this morning to take it, but my mom had been dealing with anxiety, so I had a chance to share with her, pray with her, and now she will. Because at first, my dad called me. She didn't want to take it and just was able to talk her through it. And my, my dad and mom celebrate 54 years uh, wedding anniversary and they're taking a second shot today. That's fantastic. Wow. That's how we look after the people. And you do. You, you look after everyone, and, and you're wonderful. All right, I want to talk about this. And by the way, Aeneas, I, I have bought in because I just I have no argument left. Uh, Brady is the GOAT. He's the best of all time, and it's not even close. It's, it's, it's amazing. But when you played against him 20 years ago, 19 years ago now, February, I think it was 5th of 2002, how good did you think he was when you played him in that game? Brady, Brady's secret, everybody sitting down, Brady's secret is his humility. Now, why do I say that? When we played Tom Brady, what Belichick was able to do is get the top guy on any team that has the potential influence of the entire team to buy into the team. And what Tom did was, coming to the game, could he have made more throws? He probably could have. Is he a lot better today? He absolutely had. He is. But he's the same guy that will put together a plan along with the coaching staff and will execute the plan because there's no ego that's driving him in what he does. So they ran the ball close almost 40 times, which allowed fewer times for our offense to get the ball and allowed for fewer opportunities for us to intercept or turn over the ball on defense and going into that Super Bowl, uh, you may remember, Randy, we had, uh, I think we had set the record for the most uh, turnovers caused by defense, and then that, our great offense was parlaying those, those uh, turnovers into points. So that's what I think about Tom Brady. Aeneas, when you look at this matchup, how do you think the Chiefs' defense stops Brady? Wow. They can get to him. Brady is still, and we think about the Giants and the recipe as it relates to what's beating, it was the ability um, to get to Tom Brady with a four-man rush. But because Tom also has, I call the younger goat, and I'm, I'm afraid to say that word when you have a guy who's like 25 years old, like Patrick Mahomes, but Brady may have met his younger self except with more talent. So it may come down to Tom. Tom can't turn the ball over three times with just un, unexplainable interceptions in the second half. He'd never beat uh, Kansas City. So Kansas City, uh, Tom will execute. Kansas City doesn't necessarily have the best uh, coverage corners, but they do. Spagnola and his, his staff do a good job of uh, doing a good job to keep uh, Tampa Bay from making the big plays which will require Tom in order to keep up with the offense that I think Kansas City will put on uh, Tampa Bay. Aeneas, uh, all of us in the media, we say, well, you know, for Patrick Mahomes to be this greatest of all time, potentially, he's got to beat Tom Brady, and this may be his one shot. When you look back in 10, 15, 20 years, and he's got all these championships and accolades, you got to say, well, he beat Tom Brady. 
That's what we say in the media. Do, do players think about that going into a game like this? Does Patrick Mahomes, does that even cross his mind, something like that? Man, when I look and hear Patrick Mahomes and his understanding of team, his understanding how important it is to be coached, it looks like the game is easy. It's fascinating. He can make every throw. He can stress the field because of his arm strength. And he does not seem to have and be driven by ego. This young man seems to be occupied and preoccupied with reaching the potential of the team as well as himself and executing the game plan. That's where seasoned leadership that Tom Brady had for 20 years with Belichick, this young man with that level of talent and understanding that probably came from his formative years with his parents, he now has a seasoned, experienced, creative guy like Andy Reid who's continued to evolve, and it's the best of both worlds. When you get the great quarterback with the great coach, they're going to win multiple Super Bowls. Hall of Famer Aeneas Williams with us on 101 ESPN. Aeneas, you must be so proud when you watch an NFL player like Teron Matthew, who had a lot of issues in college, but has not only become a really good NFL player, but a really good NFL leader. No doubt. Remember, he's drafted in the same round from New Orleans as well. Played at LSU. Many know his experiences with the challenges that he had. But isn't that what we want? We want, as young men, grow up into men, not to be identified with what they did wrong in the past, but, man, the pleasure of seeing all of us with a bird's eye view, see a young man in his maturation, learning from the past, and now being a leader on the defense and being able to inspire other young people that they do not make the same mistake. Isn't it interesting, last year he was voted by his team as the MVP of the team and not Patrick Mahomes. That says a lot. And yes, we're, of course, looking forward to the Super Bowl, but we are also looking forward to the Hall of Fame to see who is going to be inducted into the next class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So as a Hall of Famer of, uh, of yourself, let's talk about a future Hall of Famer. Tell us why Torrey Holt deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, one, Torrey comes into his draft, and I think the sixth overall pick, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct. He comes into a team that had been formulated with Mike Martz, often the, the experience and leadership that Dick Vermeil had. At that time, Charlie Army, general manager, Jay Zygmunt, the president, they were all on the same page. Torrey gets drafted, comes in, and now he has what I call a beast. He has an experience. He has an Isaac Bruce. He has an underrated Ricky Pro and in this dynamic punt returner slash slot receiver, the best of both worlds. But to see him come out of college and be as polished as he was, as determined as he was, that if you doubled Isaac, like a lot of teams were doing at that time, and you left Tory, if you left Tory as single, I don't care who you put over there, his route running, exceptional, top in the league ever played. The ability to stretch a defense, same thing. And you can know that by how many yards per catch. And then his willingness to work within the team when Kurt Warner had the opportunity to a lot of mouths to feed, just as Patrick Mahomes does. But his willingness to take the, the opportunities that he has and, and maximize them, no doubt Tory is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. 
Aeneas, it's going to be uh, highs of 18 next week. And uh, you spent the majority of your career in Arizona, but you've decided to make St. Louis home. Uh, and you're making such a difference in our community. Why, why did you decide to, to make St. Louis home and you only spent a little time here? Why, why is St. Louis a special place for you? And thanks for doing it, but why, why did you decide to stay here in St. Louis? Well, one is because this is when we moved here, I always wanted to be in the place, be there when, uh, wherever we were playing. And my wife and I, we got a chance to be within this uh, St. Louis community. And this is one of the most filling. We've been a lot of places. This is one of the most philanthropic places. Yes, do we have divides in our country? Have divides maybe pockets of St. Louis? Do some of the St. Louis natives see it because they were here? But I see the potential of St. Louis. This wonderful congregation we get to serve, along with serving with all the other philanthropic people here, the business owners, the Mike Nerdos, with Centene, getting a chance to see the Taylor family, now bring professional soccer. And then just seeing growth, this city has and will grow because of the hearts of the people. Don't mean that we're all perfect, but there's enough love and philanthropic uh, compassion toward each other that no matter what we've been through, we have the ability to overcome it. And it's just quite simply to say it, it's not only God putting on our heart to stay, but the people and being able to do life with the people here. Uh, Nias Williams makes us all better. Okay, before we let you go, who do you have winning on Sunday? Boy, Randy, I like the Kansas <laughs> City Chiefs. I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I like it. I like it more than a touchdown. But Randy, I want you to do your investigative skills because I just found out something. We're actually, my wife and I, we're here in Tampa. The Hall of Famers have already been selected. Two weeks ago, it was already voted. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. I know. I'm giving you this information, okay. right? So if, you, if you're able to do your investigative reporting, you might be able to find something and let your listeners hear something that may be hot off the press. Now, I can't do it. I just want you to know it's already been done, already been recorded, and it's been fascinating that it hasn't leaked out. That is amazing. All right. I'll do a little <laughs> bit of uh, investigating. And, <laughs> hey, you're, but you're, sincerely, Randy, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No. Thank you for what you do. Thank you and your team there, all those that work behind the scenes during the middle of this COVID and stay at home. When you have voices on the radio that, that brings not only level of gravity and concern, shout out to all of our healthcare workers, all of our first responders, but also to the voices of those in, in places like you guys get us to look and see lives through sports and sports being part of the outlet to help us navigate through one of the most difficult times in human history. So thank you guys. Well, that means a lot, Aeneas. Thanks so much. We love you. And have a safe trip down there, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. That is the great Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Wow. How do you not listen to that and no. just get inspired by what he has to say? After Ferguson, the first person I wanted to get on the air was Aeneas Williams. Yeah. And by the way, that morning, we were doing the fast lane at that time, the morning after the worst of Ferguson, he's down in Ferguson helping board up windows and fix buildings there. He's just the perfect human being. If you could, if you could strive to be somebody, you'd want to be... Like Aeneas Williams or, or like a Kurt Warner. You can't find any flaws with those guys. We had, uh, as you guys know, I was behind a lot of what was going on with the soccer team. And, and so when the announcement came that officially the soccer team was, was coming to St. Louis, 
I was tasked to try to get some bigger names in sports to to be a part of the announcement. And um, I thought, boy, Aeneas Williams would be perfect. I called him up. He said, when and where? Just tell me what time. I will be there, Dan. No no questions asked. Just tell me when and where. I'll be there. And he and sure enough, he was there uh, dressed to the nines <laughs> and looking great and just, just proud. To, and I said, well, you know, do you have any more questions? He said, no, I'm just a proud St. Louis in today, and this is a great day for St. Louis. I want to be there. He's just a he's just a great guy. Hall of great Fame guy. player, Hall of Fame person. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Good job, Randy. Get him on. I love it. Now we have to figure out who besides Peyton Manning is going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That what wow. a little tease by Aeneas. I like that. I like that. A deep tease, as we say in the biz. You think he was giving you like a little Tory Holt? Yeah, that's what I that's the vibe yeah. I was I, picking up on. I I think so. Two weeks ago. You know? Hmm. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Well, there are a couple of guys that are certain first ballot guys, Manning, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson. I, I don't know if they take two receivers, but if they would, then Torrey would be a logical choice. I think it's going to be hard, though, for, for Torrey to make it this particular year. Do you think that they stay away from Torrey because of Isaac and give him his day and then reassess with another Ram, you know, a year later or two years later? I, I could see that, but I, I think more than the the Isaac thing, what they're looking at is I'm going to, I can put five in and I'm only putting in one wide receiver and that's going to be Calvin Johnson. I think yeah. that's probably more the way the voters look at it. Coming up, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Character and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It is 839. That time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Michelle Smallman and Danny Mack here. Randy Carricker is outside in the cone of silence getting ready for the fight. And our challenger today is Paul. Good morning, Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys today? We're great. Doing great, good. Paul. Paul, what do you do for a living? Well, I got not a quite as good a job as you do, but I sell beer for a living. Ooh. Oh, that's a hell of a job. Yeah, that's a great job. That's a great job. <laughs> that's a hell of a job. Paul, you are the friend that everybody wants to have. <laughs> yeah. You come on in anytime you want. That's right, Paul. That's good. All right, well, let's see how you fare in the fight. Question number one. Happy 52nd birthday to former Blues captain Dallas Drake. Which NHL team did Drake play for right before signing with the Blues? Was it the Winnipeg Jets, the Phoenix Coyotes, or the Detroit Red Wings? Ooh. Um, the Coyotes. Question number two, who gave up all-time Major League Baseball hits leader Pete Rose's first Major League base hit? Was it Sandy Koufax, Warren Spahn, or Bob Friend? Sandy Koufax, Warren Spahn, or Bob Friend? Bob Friend. Okay, Paul, question number three, who is the only baseball player to have a 400 batting average and hit 40 home runs in the same year? Was it Rogers Hornsby, Ty Cobb, or Ted Williams? Um, uh, Rogers Hornsby. 
It was announced yesterday that there would be a collector's edition of MLB The Show 21 released with baseball icon Jackie Robinson gracing the cover. Which current star will be on the cover of the standard edition of the game? Fernando Tatis Jr., Cody Bellinger, or Freddie Freeman? Um, Could you start that over again with the first part of that? Sure. It was announced yesterday that there would be a collector's edition of MLB The Show 21 released with baseball icon Jackie Robinson gracing that cover. So which current star will be on the cover of the standard edition of the game? Fernando Tatis Jr., Cody Bellinger, or Freddie Freeman? Um, Tatis Jr., Okay. All right. We are checking our score here. And then Randy is on his way in. Paul, do your friends oftentimes ask you for some free beer? Because I would imagine if you're (laughs) selling beer, that's what they ask for. It does happen. It does happen. Yeah, I don't blame them. Paul, Randy is making his way in, and you know Randy's very, very good at this game, so good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, is right. Randall, uh, you've got your work cut out for you. All right. But please say good morning to Paul. Paul, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Randy. And you? Everything's great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. No problem. All right, Randy. Question number one. Mm -hmm. Happy 52nd birthday to former Blues captain Dallas Drake. Draker. HBD, Dallas Drake. Which NHL team did Drake play for right before signing with the Blues? Right before signing with the Blues. Um, I don't know if he was a... Red Wing right before. He was a Red Wing right after. Um, He did bounce around a little bit. Um, I'll do the lifeline here. Is it the Winnipeg Jets, the Phoenix Coyotes, or the Detroit Red Wings? Okay. It seems like he did go. I I, I was thinking the Coyotes, so I'm going to go with them. Question number two, who gave up all-time Major League Baseball hit leader Pete Rose's first Major League base hit? First Major League ba- base hit. I'll see Bob Gibson. Randy, who is the only baseball player to have a 400 batting average and hit 40 home runs in the same year? I believe that might have been the, the Rajah. I think it was uh, Rogers Hornsby, if I'm not mistaken. Randall, it was announced yesterday that there would be a collector's edition of MLB The Show 21 released with baseball icon Jackie Robinson gracing the cover. Mm -hmm. Which current star will be on the cover of the standard edition of the game? Standard edition. Uh, Logic would dictate that you're probably appealing to a younger audience with a guy like Tatis. I think I'll go with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Man, we had a heck of a fight today. We've got a winner, though. We have a winner and new champion, Average Joe Listener. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs. Randall. What? Disappointed in you. Oh. <laughs> Randy, Paul beat you. Four to three. He got all four correct. But don't take my my disappointment in Randy with being disappointed in, in Paul. I'm right? very we're, happy for we're Paul. We're pumped for Paul. We're pumped very for Paul. Paul. Uh, yeah, very pumped for Paul. Well, let's find out which one Randy got wrong. So Dallas Drake played for the Phoenix Coyotes right before signing with the Blues from 96 to 2000. The pers- you needed a lifeline for that. 
I was thinking, <laughs> what's the matter with you? You probably wanted the lifeline for this next question, Randy. So the pitcher who gave up mm. Pete Rose's first major league base hit was Bob Friend, a triple back on April 13th, 1963. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Who is the only baseball player to have a 400 batting average and hit 40 home runs in the same year? Rogers Hornsby. That was 1922. And it was announced yesterday there would be a collector's edition of the show, 21 Released. Jackie Robinson on that cover, current star on the new edition, and that is indeed Fernando Tatis Jr. So you got three out of four. Paul was four for four. Awesome. Yes, and great job, job. Paul. Thanks for playing. And we'll talk to you tomorrow as you get another shot at Randy and you're one step closer to the Hall of Fame. Oh, well, thank you very much. All right, thank you, Paul. Good to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up... By the way, do you notice, uh, Michelle, that when Randy does not win, he he's uh, he's, he's not, competitive. He's not real happy. No, Randy's a competitive guy. People You're don't not know happy, that about Randy. him. He is very competitive. Not he's happy. He's so positive and so nice that people don't realize there's a competitive fire burning inside. Definitely, him. he's not happy. You're not happy. Just admit it, Dan. Yes, Uncle Randy starts peering. It's. Uh, do you remember Evil Street Cat? You know what he does, Dan? It's like when you watch The Last Dance and Michael Jordan looked down at the iPad and he's like, and that's when I took it personal. You watch, Randy's going to come out on fire tomorrow. Oh, he's yeah. going to take this personal. Do you, do you remember when Stan Musial <laughs> was asked why he was always so happy? And he said, if you got up out of bed every morning and knew you were going to hit 331, you'd be happy too. Oh, wow. No. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're not happy. We, I want to find that happy place for you, so let's find it. We're going to talk some blues hockey with our blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Michelle, Dan, and Randy on 101 ESPN. And we do head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our friend and Blues Insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, kind enough to spend some time. JP, good to have you with us. How are you doing? Doing really well. And I'll spend a lot of time. I've got a lot of analysis and nuggets and things about uh, tonight's game that could probably, this could bleed into the 930 time slot. <laughs> you guys have anything at, at 930 that would interrupt what I want to tell you? Well, you're more important than anything we have coming up, including Nolan Arenado. <laughs> That's an awesome uh, guess there. That'll be fun to, to listen to that later on. Uh, okay, I want to start with heavy analysis here. Your take on the fact that the Blues are going to be wearing the red jerseys for the first time. How about that? I, I'm looking forward to it. I actually am. And I know when they came out, uh, everybody uh, said that they, they, they hate them. You know, they don't want to see the Blues wear them in the games. And I kind of took a different approach to it. Like, Randy, Dan, Michelle, do you guys buy jerseys? Like, I haven't bought a jersey for myself and. I don't know that I have. And and I look at it like uh, my son, he just had a birthday. What did he ask for? He asked for a reverse retro. These people who are designing these jerseys and putting them on blues for the games, they know what they're doing. They know who's buying them. They know the parents are buying them for the kids. And uh, my kid hasn't taken his off in a week. So that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's about money, JR. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's about. Hey, what, what was it like having fans in the stands the other night? Oh, it was great. And you know what? Uh, I, I put the game aside uh, for one night and uh, went down into the, the bowl area. And just uh, you could walk around, obviously, and, and pick a seat. A lot of them were kind of uh, uh, marked off where you couldn't use them. But I just kind of made my way around the lower bowl and talked to fans about 
to come into the game and did they feel safe and what was it like to be back at a St. Louis Blues hockey game again and just had a great time talking to folks. Now, obviously, if they're in the building, they're going to feel safe. They wouldn't come down if they didn't think they were going to feel safe. But, you know, a lot of them had a lot of positive reports, you know, cashless concession stand. They weren't even touching your phone, scanning your phone. Uh, I talked to one family that was uh, watching the usher and she said that she was wiping down the the railings in sections that people weren't even sitting in every single time out. And so at least the people I spoke to are very comfortable and, and they were super thrilled to be back. That's great to hear. And one of the reasons they probably had a great time, JR, was that incredible goal by Justin Falk, as Chris Kerber said, with the Barry Sanders vision. But he's playing great this year. What are you seeing in him that's different this season than it was last year? Yeah, what a call by Kerbs and, and what a goal. And I was actually uh, watching Falk kind of weave through traffic there from that lower bowl seat and, and just couldn't believe it. And that was a week or two ago I wrote a story about him that, uh, you know, folks in Carolina – uh, aren't surprised that he's had this success with the Blues this season. I think a lot of fans in St. Louis are. This isn't the Justin Falk we saw last year. And, you know, I, I heard Curbs yesterday and, and some others. I do think it's a lot to do with uh, having a role. I, you know, you got a couple guys ahead of you in Petrangelo and Pareko. They're moving you to the left side. Doug Armstrong said it yesterday. They were trying to create the puzzle rather than, you know, take Justin Falk, the puzzle piece, and, and do something with him. They were trying to make the puzzle, and, and so it just wasn't an ideal situation for him last year. Uh, but the one thing I remember Justin Falk saying is, you know, I'm going to be better. And a lot of times you hear athletes say that, uh, and it doesn't come to fruition. But uh, here's a guy who really put his head down, knows he's got a long-term deal here. I don't know that he's completely, uh, you know, caught up in he has to be liked, you know, Falketeers and having a fan club. But I, I get the sense from him, and, and it seems obvious because he's a pro athlete, he, he, he wants to be the best he can be. He knew he was better than he was last year, and we're seeing it right now. JR, you have a great relationship with Doug Armstrong, and you speak to him a lot. Is there anybody in sports that does a better job of analogies than Doug Armstrong? The one yesterday, <laughs> being GM of Canada, is like playing Russian roulette. It's exciting, it's exhilarating, and you only get to lose once. That was great. That was great. Yeah, and when he started that one out, I'm like, okay, where are we going? And then you got the relationship between the Canadians and the Russians that probably isn't so great uh, over the years. So, uh, no, he, he's good. Whenever uh, we, we can get him to uh, to open up and, and, and get into those uh, analogies, that makes for a better story. So I appreciate it when he can do that for us. What have you seen out of Vince Dunn after the, uh, the, the time that he spent out and then comes back in looks like a little bit of a different player. I don't. I, I I hate the term wake up call, but you know whatever it is. What what are you seeing? What's the difference? Yeah, Danny, better. Uh, I think he is. I think it would do that probably to anybody, and and maybe not just the uh, healthy scratch, which would open anybody's eyes, but the trade rumors. And, and you know, I think he, he had to have heard it that his name's on the block, and uh, I believe that to be true. But I also believe that uh, the Blues wouldn't be in any rush. This wasn't a situation. Uh, where that night or that particular week you're saying, okay, we've got to unload Vince Dunn, what's the best deal? I mean, this is something that if they do eventually trade him, might not happen until the draft next summer. It's a situation where they have a little bit of a log jam on that left side. You have a couple good young players, and Nico Mikola and uh, Scott Perinovich coming up, and while Vince Dunn is, is more established, uh, you're going to have cap issues moving forward. And Vince Dunn's on a one-year deal. He's going to need to be re-signed next year. So, Danny, uh, that goal the other night, that was Vince Dunn. He was being aggressive. A couple mistakes on the defensive end, uh, but I think much better than what we saw earlier in the season. 
Jer, one guy we haven't really discussed a lot, at least on our show, is Colton Pareko. We've talked about a lot of guys adjusting to their new roles, but what's your evaluation of what you've seen out of Colton Pareko so far this season? Yeah, it's been uh, a little difficult. Uh, I think Colton Pareko is much better than this. However, you know, I know that he's dealing with an injury. He sat out of a few practices, uh, you know, Craig Bruby calling him uh, maintenance day. I know that uh, Darren Pang, our friend, mentioned on the broadcast that uh, perhaps that injury is one that prevents him from winding up and giving that big howitzer that everybody wants to see. Although we did uh, the other night, I, I think he did uh, tee one up. Um, so maybe he's starting to feel a little bit better. So for the time being, I think you give him benefit of the doubt, missing practice, and, and uh, obviously uh, the report by Panger on the broadcast. Uh, but I think it's a situation where he's got to be better. I, I watched that game the other night, and there's a lot of situations in front of the net that I know Colton Pareko in the past has handled, cleared, you know, gotten the Blues out of trouble, and he's just not doing that. And in fact, in some situations, creating a little trouble for the Blues in front of the net. So uh, he's got to be uh, much better. Uh, but we're you know, just going to have to give him a little bit of time, I think. JR, you always provide great material. Thanks so much for the time. We'll continue reading your great work at The Athletic, and we'll talk to you soon. Are you sure? i got some more stuff to say. <laughs> what do you want to say? <laughs> no, let's, let's get to that interview. I can't wait to hear it. All right, we'll do it. Thanks, JR. Thanks, See you soon. That's Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Coming up yesterday on BK and Ferrario, Joel Wolf, the agent for Nolan Arenado, had some interesting things to say about Nolan's desire to be here. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. New Cardinal third baseman Nolan Arenado will join us at the bottom of the hour. Be here at 930 to hear from the newest Cardinal. It's Carriker and Smallman with Dan McLaughlin. 903, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And yesterday, Arenado's agent joined BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. And Joel Wolf was asked about the desire of Arenado to be a member of the Cardinals. And according to Joel Wolf, the Cardinals had him at hello. There were other teams that he had interest in and were interested in him, but in Nolan's mind, it was only constructed as if, if the Cardinals thing can't happen, then I will look at more seriously at these other teams. It wasn't a situation where he looked at them all equally. The Cardinals have always been on a pedestal for him, and he was very clear about that, both with me and with the Cardinals. And I think it made a big difference to Mr. DeWitt to know that the guy really wanted to be there. And, you know, we had an awkward experience with Stanton, so I think that gave them some pause. But when they saw just how sincere Nolan's interest was, I I think that's what pushed it over the edge. I think fans might be still concerned a little bit about those opt-outs, but when you hear Nolan Arenado's agent saying that the Cardinals have been on a pedestal for him, this was the desired destination, and now that he's here, I can only imagine that they'll have success as a club, and he's going to love St. Louis. St. Louis is going to love him. It seems like it's going to be a perfect fit. The thing that I still don't, I, I can't get my arms around, I can't wrap around this, is that the Rockies, and with those opt-outs, there is no way in my mind he was going to opt out of Colorado, not in this COVID-19 climate. He was not going to get that contract anywhere else. No one was, in my mind, no one was going to pay him that kind of money, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So he, to me, the Rockies still held the card, so to speak, in this relationship. And yet the Cardinals still get the player 
and they get the 51 million and they don't have to give up a top 10 guy. I just, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded by the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable. An, it is. It's a remarkable deal for the Cardinals, and I understand if you're a fan out there, are you worried he's going to opt out? He is not going to opt out. And here is it's Joel not going to happen. Joel Wolf on the opt outs. You know, when Nolan and I talked about the opt out with the Rockies when we were doing his deal, it was similar to what when we talked with Stanton and the Marlins. It was a shield, not a sword, meaning it was there to protect him in the event things went really wrong and he was very unhappy, not a sword to use to make more money. So if Nolan goes out and has a Arenado season and he's top five or top three in MVP, he's only that, that's only going to make him want to stay even more. But, you know, as far as financially, that, that won't even be a concern. He's here to win. Nolan wants to play in games that matter every single day. And everything that he's learned about the Cardinals you know, through Matt Holiday, who was probably his biggest influence on bringing him here, but um, through other players over the years, you know, has told him that this is the best place to be. I mean, if you're a fan out there and you're listening to this, this is his agent. Doesn't it the, give you chills? Yes. 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 He wants to be here. So, and again, if you're looking at it from their point of view, and they're not here every day, so their point of view is, well, this team wins every year. They haven't had a sub-500 season. They're going to the end LCS a couple of years ago. They've been to the playoffs back-to-back years. Now let's take a look at the roster. They've got Jack Flaherty at the top of their rotation. They've got Jordan Hicks at the back end of games that throws 102 with a sinker. They've got on the other side of the diamond a perennial all-star MVP candidate in Goldschmidt. They've got a young roster, and they have a lot of money coming off the books that if they want to go out and spend, which they will next year, they're going to win. They're set up to win for a number of years that Arenado is under contract. So this is the place that he wants to be to win. And those are some of the reasons that Arenado had put the Cardinals on that pedestal. DJ LeMahieu opened his eyes to what it was like, that the grass might actually be greener. Um, and being able to get out of the altitude and the effect that that has on the body. And, you know, come July and August, you're just, you're not tired. You feel fresh, and you actually feel fresher than the other guys. And being in an organization where every game matters because these teams are winning and constantly trying to win, not that the Rockies weren't. They had some really bad luck, but that was part of it. And then, you know, every year Nolan spends a week or two at the Holiday family uh, compound. And, you know, Matt is his mentor and is really – convinced him that Nolan would be such a great fit for the Cardinal way. And Nolan is a baseball rat. That's all he really does. That's all he really thinks about. You know, he sits and eats dinner with a bat in his hands. Um, he never stops working. And this is this is what he wanted. He just visualized himself as a Cardinal, and it felt right to him. If you were writing out a script for Nolan Arenado's agent to say the right things to get St. Louis to love this guy? Is that not exactly what you would want to hear verbatim? This guy eats dinner with a baseball bat in his hand. I'm curious. Uh, one of the things I do want to ask him from a baseball-related point of view is what does he see in Colorado, how he's pitched? Like, what do you, do you see a lot of um, – change-ups do you see then when you're on the road a lot of curveballs and do you think it's going to be different going to out of the rarefied air and so now you're not playing all your games in in Denver in Coors Field and how pitchers approach hitters so when you talk to Matt Holiday, did things change for him in terms of 
uh, number one, your body changes, as he mentioned there, but also how you're pitched. Mm -hmm. And do you think that'll be a difference leaving cores Mm -hmm. and not seeing as many curveballs? Are you going to see more change-ups? Do you see more fastballs? Those kind of things. Because I do think that when you have a preeminent player like Nolan Arenado, you got to get him out if you're the opposition. You got to you got to yep. find a way to get him out. So, do, do teams change it because they can't throw curveballs as much? You know what I mean? It's it's something different that pitchers have to do when you're in that facility as opposed to right. pitching outside of Denver. Yeah. One thing that Joel Wolf told BK and Ferrario yesterday is that the Cardinals and we we know he's a baseball rat and, and he recognizes what the Cardinals are. The Cardinals have a certain way about them and also they bring these these old older hall of famers and great players they have them around all the time like nolan got to meet ozzy smith the gold glove dinner several times and he loves that he's a guy that when nolan is hitting and he's working out at his dojo in southern california he's got all these tvs up and they're all playing youtube videos of the greatest defensive plays by third baseman he's got brooks robinson up there you know the best home runs he has it around him all the time. This guy lives, breathes baseball. And I think that will really excite him. Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> it's just too good to be true. What do you think about what he's going to be from a baseball standpoint, what he's going to be from a personality and community standpoint? And then you think about the terms of the deal. This is too good to be true. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Am I missing something in all this thing? or uh, what, What's going on here? Are we in 2021 with a pro athlete? What, what am I missing? Holy I smokes. Know. And he doesn't I, have social media, this guy, so yeah. he, he's not distracted in any way. I just... Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just... It almost is too good to be true. I said this, guys, the other day with uh, BK. The, the only thing I'm really disappointed in... And I... Here's something that may happen is that maybe if if we're lucky enough, God willing, to be able to open back up and have a full stadium and maybe they do like a reopening in the middle of the season, a new opening day, you know, say 4th of July or something. We get to have it at Bush Stadium. Could you imagine the opening day reception that this guy would get? Oh, Oh my gosh. You know, opening day in St. Louis, as we all know, all from St. Louis is special. And this year would be remarkable because there would be a special meaning with the passing of Lou Brock and Bob Gibson. You have the first opening day with fans for what we all think will be a special career for a youngster that's playing in the outfield. Um, Dylan Carlson. Carlson. Uh, That would be special. You have the introduction of Nolan Arenado. You have the red jackets. You have the first time that Jason Isringhausen talks about how special it is to be introduced as a Cardinal Hall of Famer. You got Tommy Herr. You got John Tudor. I mean, these things, I got goosebumps thinking about it. These things are what makes this place very, very special. And he, a guy that loves baseball, would be taking this in for the first mm-hmm. time, his first time to be introduced to a crowd. He'd have to it's step out and tap, probably yes. tip his cap. And then the first time he makes a diving play, it might be routine, he would get a standing ovation. Right. And then the first time he makes a dazzling play, and we're going to have a bunch of them, he will get standing ovations all the time. It's going to be unbelievable. Fans are going to love this guy. Can't They're wait. going to love him. Coming up, and it was great. It was a great interview. You can hear it on 101 ESPN. You can hear our podcast on 101 ESPN brought to you by I Promise. But a great interview with BK and Ferrario and Joel Wolf yesterday. And you can hear the entire thing at uh, their podcast. Coming up, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> 
Nolan Arnado, about 13 minutes away here on 101 ESPN. Before that, you're killing me, Smalls. Oh, you guys synced up there. Jinx. Did anyone, when someone said Jinx, would they say Jinx personal padlock, Jinx, you owe me a Coke? Yeah, you owe me a Coke. Owe me a Coke? Yeah. Did you ever get a Coke out of the deal? Never. Not yeah, once. never. I never got one either. My kids made me shut up. <laughs> they loved it. So you did a personal padlock yes. where they would oh, have yeah. to let you talk. They thought that was great. But they, they kept just, just silent made for me a while. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get into some stories here. We know that, like we mentioned earlier in the show, if Tampa Bay wins the Super Bowl, if the Bucks go on and win this game, it's all going to be about Tom Brady, regardless of the performance he has, regardless of whether he plays well or not. But their mayor, Jane Castor, was asked about what's going to happen if, in fact, the Bucks win the Super Bowl. And she said this about Tom Brady. She says, quote, I told him we're not discussing changing our city's name until he brings home that Lombardi trophy. So Tom and I will have that discussion in due time. Yes, we will talk about that. Changing Tampa since we're becoming a title town to Tampa Bay. We will have those discussions. Tampa Bay. That's fine. That's that's pretty cool. Now, they would just have to, they can change the name of the city. I would think the rest of the Bay Area out there, St. Pete, St. Pete Beach, uh, Sarasota, Bradenton, the, I guess with him there, they might not mind being Tampa Bay, but I wonder if Tampa, Florida changes. I'm going with Golden Auto here in St. Louis. Which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Just like yeah. any celebrity couple, you yeah. need Brangelina, you need names like that. I Golden love it. Auto, I'm, Golden I'm fine Auto. with that. Um, I look forward to you saying that in a call, Dan. I, I may have to. <laughs> Diving stop at third, over to first, it's Golden, Golden Auto. Auto. Golden yeah. Auto. <laughs> what do you think? I, I think it. it's fantastic. I'm a trademark it. You should. You should yeah. get it on a t-shirt. I I'm, love that. I'm already in the works on that. When yeah. you have the mayor saying that, though, that's pretty incredible. That's strong. Yeah, yeah. She absolutely. Did, she did follow up and say, all joking aside, and she promised there would be a Tom Brady day if the Bucks win the Super Bowl. Not, not a Tampa Bay Buccaneers day, uh-huh. a Tom Brady day. No, the fact that he went there and the fact that he got them to the Super Bowl is awesome. But what if they win in a fashion like the Broncos won in Peyton Manning's last game, you know, when Von Miller won the MVP, it's it would just be such an ignominious finish. Three one four says Tom cheats, so then it's Tamper Brady. <laughs> there you that's, go. Good. That's, that's pretty good. But even if it is a defensive game, if defense comes out and they're the X factor, do you see in any scenario Tom Brady not getting the trophy? I just I don't see only it. if he plays like Peyton Manning did in the Super Bowl that they won, where he was awful. He's got to have a good game to be the Tampa MVP. Bay. Yeah. yeah, he's got to be the MVP. If not, if he's just a guy that hands the ball off and you know ball control, then no. You gotta have a you gotta have an impact in the Super Bowl. No. You're killing me, Smalls. So Brett Favre in the news for two pretty controversial statements. I'm going to give you both of them. First of all, he was on with Yahoo Sports, and he was talking about Deshaun Watson wanting out of Houston. And he said this, quote, you get paid a ton of money to do a certain job, and you just do it. You let the chips fall where they may. I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time, and it'll be interesting to see how the organization handles it. Yes, this is from the same guy who would say he's coming back and then not and have Ed Warder camped outside of his home same guy just as but his contract was up still that's the difference is that uh, i don't disagree in any with anything that he said because in a, a previous time 
when you didn't have as many options, when players weren't as empowered as they are now. Players are empowered now. Right. You, you took the money and it didn't matter. You didn't have power within the organization. Players are empowered now. And it is a different day and time. And Deshaun Watson does have that ability. I.E. Nolan Arenado. Yeah, right. So you you are empowered now mm-hmm. to make decisions to move on. I don't think as much in baseball, but certainly in the NFL and certainly in the NBA. I mean, the NBA dictates where they want to go. Players run that yeah. league. Yeah. yeah. So I got no problem with it. This is, by the way, the same Brett Favre that in 2007, after the dra- draft, requested a trade from the Packers. That's right. So. Just saying. Let's and made the whole him. league stop for him, basically. Yes. Remember when he was yeah. going to go to the Vikings? Was he going to go to the Jets? Uh, you know, he dictated where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure he's got a leg to stand on in that one. You're killing me, Smalls. Thank you, Dan. Well, here's the other quote from Brett Favre that's getting a lot of run. He was talking to TMZ, which if you're an athlete or a celebrity and you see those cameras pop out of the bushes, why do you say anything? Because you know no matter what you say, they're going to make a headline out of it, right? Yeah. So DeMarco I, knows well. I was there that night. I know I know that, too. That's, Were you there, too? I wasn't there at that okay. party, no. Okay. I woke up that next morning and had all these text messages on my phone. And I'm thinking, what is going on? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> TMZ. Yeah. I was there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But anyway, so Brett Favre was asked by TMZ about Jacksonville and what they should do with that number one overall pick. And he said this, I've seen Trevor Lawrence play and I think he's really good. I don't know if Jacksonville, in my opinion, I don't know if quarterback is their immediate need. Probably a lot of needs that they had. I would take Devontae Smith. The last two games I watched this guy play, I mean, I'm blown away with how good, knowing that teams know he's going to get the ball and he dominates. I think you go with a guy like that. No, you don't. No, you don't. You take (laughs) Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And you build around him. Period. End of story. Come on. It's not not that hard. You, You got Urban Meyer. You go get the best quarterback out there. Generally speaking, everybody thinks he's the guy. You make him the number one. You excite your fan base. And it's a, it's a done done deal. You can always find an Alabama receiver that's going to be great for you. You can't always find a Trevor Lawrence that's going to be great. No, and it's a quarterback league. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay. Look at the Super Bowl matchup. Yes. Look at championship weekend. It's a quarterback league. Yeah. You, I, need, you need one of those guys to get to that point. And I, I'm trying to sell tickets, man. 100%. And Urban Meyer took the job because of Trevor Lawrence. Right, Period. exactly. <laughs> Not exactly. Devontae Smith. Right. You're killing me, Small. Well, speaking of Devontae Smith, we had signing day, and Alabama won the 2021 Team Recruiting Championship. They locked in the highest-rated recruiting class in the modern rivals rankings era, which was a title that was previously held by Alabama Mm -hmm. back in 2017. And if you want to look back to that recruiting class, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, you had Tua, Mac Jones, Henry Ruggs in that class, and this 2021 recruiting class rated higher than that collection of talent. Did you see, I don't know if you guys saw this, but somebody, one of the recruits, I guess, put it on social media. They were on a Zoom with Nick Saban about how he was recruiting him. Did you see it? No. Did you get, you, you didn't oh, see it? Yeah. Do you want to do, join a winning program? Yeah. 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 He said, now we wouldn't be doing this and having the Zoom call unless we felt you could play here. All right. Because he always yeah, said, yeah, all, right, all, right, so, all right. So you can play here. All right. And now if you seen our players at your position that have played in the league, all right. We got 45 guys in the league, all right? And you're the guy that we think can play in that league. All right? So that means that you're a good player. Now, you're going to go up against the best in the in the in the in college, all right? And you're going to do it in practice every day. All right? So that means we want you here. All right? Are you you want to be a part of this? Pretty right? awesome. 
And by the way, this is what we've done in the SEC. And then he started rattling off their SEC championships, mm-hmm. national championships. I mean, it was unbelievable. I was like, where do I sign? I'm ready. It <laughs> right. was unbelievable. But is there any other play other than to talk about the hardware, the banners, and the no. NFL talent? No. You don't even have to try to recruit players. There's... All you say is check the scoreboard, check the resume. And you're good enough to play here. Right. We, and if you weren't, we wouldn't be having this conversation, is what he told him. Yeah. There's a story when... Uh, he and Mal Moore were flying from Miami to Tuscaloosa for his introductory press conference. He said, Mal, you think you got the best coach in the country? He said, Mal Moore said, former Cardinal, right, uh, football Cardinal assistant coach. He said, I don't know, but, uh, or, or no, Mal Moore said, well, for what we're paying you, yeah, I better be- have gotten the best coach in the country. He said, you didn't you get the best recruiter, but you didn't get the best, best coach, coach, but you need the best recruiter. That's right. So, All right. All right. Uh, uh, we're going right. to talk right. to Nolan Arenado coming up, the Cardinals' new third baseman. Thanks to uh, Michelle for your killing me, Smalls. Uh, Nolan, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. You can find me in St. Louis. I'm very thankful. Very thankful to be a Cardinal, a great organization with great history. And uh, me and my family are really excited to be a part of it. There's a drive. Deep left field. O'Neill back. He'll look up and it's gone. Arenado with home run number 31. You know, I plan on sticking around. So, you know, that's my goal. I plan on staying here for a long time. Arenado. Deep left. Trouble. I expect to be here for a long time. I'm, I'm not worried about that. There's Arenado, and he hammers one out to deep left. Ozuna will watch it sail away. Nolan Arenado, three-run over. <laughs> Michelle Smallman and the voice of the Cardinals on FS Midwest, Dan McLaughlin. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Uh, Louis and welcome the new Cardinal third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Nolan, thanks so much for taking some time with us this morning. Hope all is well. And by the way, Dan is going to be a little more excited on your home run calls this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, Dan's a great announcer, man. So I'm, I appreciate it. I can't wait. You know, Nolan, I appreciate the kind words. I've been doing the games for 24 years. I usually go ballistic on calls. Fans go nuts. I go nuts. I'm from St. Louis, so I love the Cardinals. I can't finally, uh, I, I just can't wait to finally go nuts when you're actually on our side. So this is a good thing. So I apologize for those calls, first and foremost. So when you were doing it against yeah, no. the Cardinals, you know, I had to be a Cardinal yeah. and say, yeah, you hit a home run. Okay, that's great. Do it again. So welcome to St. Louis, man. It's awesome to have you. No, I appreciate it. No, I know, man. I can't wait. Um, you know, it's a great organization. and It's starting to really sink in now. You know, obviously the first few days it was official. It was kind of like, well, I can't believe this is happening. But um, now that it's sinking in, it's it's been pretty awesome. It was awesome. You know, I played in the Pro-Am at the Waste Management yesterday. And uh, I had Cardinal fans following me around, man. It's, it was pretty incredible. You know, it was just cool to, like, see people red hats, Cardinal jerseys supporting already. You know, it was a pretty incredible feeling. What pro were you playing with, and how did number 17 treat you? I played with uh, Sung J.M. and then uh, Tom Hoagie. Um, those guys were great, obviously great golfers, impressive to watch. And then uh, um, 17, I think you mean 16, right? Yeah, 16, I'm sorry, yeah. Stadium, yeah, yeah. You know, I birdied it, actually. Nice. That's yeah, awesome. it was pretty cool. I, got, I was, I was kind of nervous. They gave me an, an intro, and then. 
put it on the green about 15 foot away, drained it, got a little cheer. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. Love it. Nolan, St. Louis is so excited to have you wearing a Cardinal uniform. And we know your boys with Matt Holiday. And we were doing a segment the other day saying, do we send Matt Holiday a fruit basket, an edible arrangement? What's the deal here? Because we know that you and Matt had a lot of conversations about St. Louis. So can you tell us how influential was someone like Matt Holiday in describing what St. Louis was like and how good of a fit you'd be with the Cardinals? Oh, Matt, he's been a huge, a huge part of it. You know, I, you know, I just, I always feel like I got to say this, but, you know, Matty never told me to, like, leave Colorado or get out of there, you know, or, you know, he never pushed me toward a direction. He just, once I told him that, you know, St. Louis could be a possibility, you know, he kind of helped guide me through it and told me, like, well, I think you'd really like it, and it's a great place to play. You know, we're both, we both play in Colorado, so they both have special places on our heart. So I know he, he went about the right way, and I really appreciate his guidance. And uh, he's a great friend, a great family, and – uh yeah, you know, he's someone I definitely rely on all the time, so I'm very thankful for him. But uh, we'll probably go get a nice bottle of wine or something. But thank you for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, we watch your swing, and it kind of looks like the Matt Holiday swing. How much have you taken from a hitting perspective from Matt? Oh, a lot. I mean, I, I, I definitely a lot. You know, I uh, he's one of my favorite players growing up. Um, he doesn't like hearing that because it makes him feel old, but, you know, he. One of my favorites, and uh, you know, obviously, just trying to mimic the state through because he was so good at that, and um, that's something that I've always admired about him. So I just, I, I love watching Matty hit. He's such a good player, and he had a great career. Who were your favorite players growing up? I'm curious about that. I, I, I heard you talk the other day about Scott Rowland. We had a front row seat to watch him. He's headed to the Hall of Fame. Who were some of the other players that you really enjoyed watching uh, up in, uh, it, well, in Los Angeles and, and some of the other players nationwide that you grew up watching? Well, you know, obviously Scott Rowland was a player I started watching when I started playing third. Like, I drafted out third base and I started watching video on him. And Adrian Beltre is one of my all-time favorites. Um, Maddie. Albert Pujols, Derek Jeter, um, and then obviously players now. You know, you got Mookie, Goldschmidt. You know, you got all these guys that I truly love watching, paying attention to. And but you know, Beltre, Holiday, um, you know, Albert. Those are the kind of guys I pay attention to when I was really young, and uh, they really help. You know, I try to guide my game like theirs, and obviously Tulo's the one that helped get me better in cargo. So all those guys, man, they really helped me. Cardinal third baseman Nolan Arenado with us on 101 ESPN. And Nolan, your agent Joel Wolf was on the station yesterday and was talking about the videos that you put up when you're working out. Give us one or two that you really love that really make a difference for you. Um, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I love working out. I, I love hitting, taking ground balls. And, you know, I got a warehouse, so, you know, we lift there and do everything. It's so funny, you know, I once I heard the Cardinals were in it and, you know, they're asking about my shoulder. I felt like I was like doing a showcase. I was like sending video to Joel, and I'll be like, "Hey, man, send this to everyone. Let them know. I let them know I'm good. Let them send it to Mo. You know, tell them don't worry. I'm, I'm like, I feel good. You know, and but uh, you know, I, I love it, man. I love working out. I love training, and I can't wait to get to Jupiter and get going. But I'm asking about the YouTube videos of other players that you're watching, like David oh. Freed, those things. Yeah, I mean, during quarantine. Oh, sorry, my bad. During quarantine. You know, I watch a lot of David Freeze. I watch that game six all the time, the whole thing. And I watch a bunch of games, those, you know, the Rockies versus the Dimebacks versus the Cubs and a bunch of great games. And for sure, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube video of the Cardinals. And, you know, I think their fan base is incredible. And then obviously they've had amazing seasons and they're a great team. They've had great wins. And 
was always pretty cool. You know, Discouse was a buddy of mine, so I always told, I always sent him videos of him hitting in the game and messing around with them. So, <laughs> no, no, no doubt. I, I watch a lot of that. Nolan, we've been doing a little bit of a scouting report on you since we found out that you were coming to St. Louis. We've talked to your agent. We've talked to people who've played with you. We even spoke to your high school coach, Mike Gonzalez, to find out what what you were going to be like once you got to St. Louis. And one of the main threads that kept coming out of these conversations is how competitive you were. So true or false, Nolan, you hate to lose more than you love to win. Oh, for sure, sure. You know, for sure. Uh, You know, I've... I mean, winning's amazing, and you know that's what you want. But uh, there's nothing worse than losing. Um, it, it's tough, and uh, you know when you when you're losing a lot, it, it just gets old. But you know, it, it, you know, I'm not. You know, I'm. This team is so good, and there's a lot of things that need to fall into place. You know, there's no like I'm gonna be miserable if we like get off to a bad start. You know, there's none of that. It's just you know these guys that we got a good team here, and I believe we're gonna win. But you know, definitely, you know, I'd rather win. Tell me about uh, your relationship with Mike Schilt. Uh, Mike is one of my good friends, and, and now your manager. He's a, a baseball lifer. You're a baseball lifer. Um, and can you just shed a little light on that and pull the curtain back and, and maybe some of your conversations you've had with Mike now that you've been acquired by the Cardinals? Yeah, uh, sorry. Um, he, uh, um, he's been great. You know, Mike, uh, I've talked to him already. You know, we had a great conversation. Um, I got to know him in double-A, Tulsa. He was a third-base coach for Springfield, and uh, just got to know him and talk to him about the game and, you know, always talking his ear off. And we had great conversations. You know, I, I told him then, too. I was like, man, you guys got some great players. You know, it was like Greg Garcia, Colton, Colton Wong, Oscar Tavares, who unfortunately passed away. It was unbelievable. Um, Trevor Rosenthal, Carlos Martinez, Trevor, you know, uh, Seth Manis. I mean, I can go on. I mean, this team was filled with guys that may help the Cardinals in the big leagues. So I was just impressed. So I was just talking about it and uh, like how this team develops and just getting to know him, man. He's cool. He's from North Carolina, I think Charlotte, and uh, he's got his accent and, you know, we would always joke around and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Hey, Nolan, when did you become interested in the Cardinals? When you recognized that maybe things weren't going to happen in Colorado, and uh, obviously you know Cardinals history really well. We heard about it last year during spring training. When did you first start either thinking about or hearing about the idea of coming to St. Louis? Well, you know, I I heard there was a rumor last year in the offseason, and then um, I've always liked them. I've always admired their game for you know from afar, playing against them my rookie year, and uh, you know they're always so competitive, you know, and that's something that I've always liked. You know, they had so many winning seasons, and the fan base was awesome. it's obviously amazing. So I really love that. Um, you know, I I think just once this off season really hit and there was a true possibility, and you know Mo was interested, that made me feel like okay, I got to do my research on this team. Um, you know, I think. You know, I fit well. I think I, I feel like in my heart that I fit well with this team. I can play third base for them. They have a great infield, great defense, and solid hitting and great pitching. So I just felt like I could fit in well. And, you know, I was hopeful that it would be a team like the Cardinals who win. And, you know, I feel like they get to the playoffs. And, you know, that we got a lot of work to do in spring. But that's kind of what drove me. Nolan, when that process started happening, was it always the Cardinals? Were they always the desired destination? Or were there other teams in the mix? Um, I mean, the Cardinals were always top of the list, probably top three, you know, or the top one. You know, there was, you know, there was a sec where it'd be cool to go play at home, you know, um, but realizing that won't be a possibility, then, you know, you're like, okay, well, 
there's other great places that I would love to play. And St. Louis was definitely one of them. It was definitely, it was there going home, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also happy not going home. California taxes are really bad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, um, but, uh, um, you know, and they are, their, their team, they're already really good, but you know, I feel like I fit in well with the Cardinals. I feel like they need a, good, a third baseman that could play defense and help them pull the corners down with Goldschmidt. Have you heard about opening days in St. Louis? And if so, what do you know about them? I have, man. I've heard, I heard they're insane and I heard they're going to be pretty fun. And I, I've just, uh, you know, they bring all back the hall of famers. And, uh, I just know there's like Clydesdales on the court, on the field, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. On the field uh-huh. and yeah, pretty intense. So no, I heard it's been a great day and the fans really love it. I mean, honestly, every time we've gone there, we never opened up there, but every time we've gone there, it's packed house. So, you know, I know the fans really care and, I can only imagine how opening day is. Okay, Nolan, outside of baseball, outside of the Cardinals, what do you know about St. Louis? Oh, no. Um, No, this is not a quiz because we, Randy, (laughs) Dan, and I are all born and bred St. Louisans. So if you don't know a lot, we actually have a list of tips here that we can give you for some fun facts. Oh, okay. Um, Well, uh, I heard the golf is pretty good out there. uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. You know what? Well, Can't well, confirm. You, you've come to the right place. Yes. Yes. We can help you with Ted yeah. Drew's ice cream. We we got Emo's pizza. You got yeah. it's thin crust pizza. Uh, if you're referred to as a Hoosier, it's okay. Uh, you Here, know, there's I, a lot of things that we can help you I've with. I've got a whole list for you, Nolan. So you're gonna need to be prepared to say hi and wave a lot. People are really friendly here. Okay. Um, okay. Dan mentioned this pizza that we have. It's pretty controversial. You're gonna want to try it. If you like it, awesome. If not, we we recommend that you lie and say that you do because yeah. it's just better for everybody involved. <laughs> uh, we know that you're used to great weather, California, Colorado. You're not going to get that here, okay? You're going to get humidity, freezing temperatures, and it can change on a dime. So we just we want you to be prepared for that. If you're ever talking to someone from St. Louis and you don't know what to say, there's a lull in the conversation, just bring up Budweiser, The Arch, or Nelly, and you're golden. And finally, <laughs> you're going to hear a lot of people ask people where they went to high school. It's just a weird thing that we do, okay? Yeah. You're going to need to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So well, you, I appreciate the ice cream and pizza references, but I'm trying to hold down third base, guys. Come on now. <laughs> to get big like that. Let's go. So, Nolan, if you're not playing baseball, what, what interest, and you're not playing golf, what, what else interests you in your life? What are some of the other interests that you have? Well, you know, I have a few. You know, obviously, you know, I love spending time with my family. You know, family's a big part of my life. Uh, my, my parents, obviously, my brothers, my cousins, they're my best friends, so they're, they'll always be around. You know, I do surf in the off-season. Um, don't tell you know, Mo that. Make sure you don't tell Mo that. We want to keep you healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know, seriously. But I, I just did. It's all right. Okay, good. Okay. Um, you know, I, you know, those are little things. We, you know, I love to spend time. We, we're always together. Dominoes. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm pretty simple living. Uh, I love to work on the game of baseball, so that's kind of what I love to do. But I love movies, watching movies, well-directed movies. Um, and uh, that's about it. I'm not, I'm not. I guess I'm not that cool. <laughs> oh no, you're pretty cool. We like you. Yeah. We, we already <laughs> want us over. You're all good. And you know what, yeah. Nolan? At the end of the day, Andrew Miller, I thought had a great line when he signed here. Somebody said, "What brought you to St. Louis?" He said, "I, I just want to be on that dog pile at the end of the World Series. I want to be. I want to be jumping on other guys at the end of the World Series. And ultimately, that's the goal, isn't it?" Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean. That's when you, when you join the Cardinals, that's the thing, you know, I remember talking to these players and coaches and the only goals they have is, you know, listen, we, our goals is that we want to win the division and then get to the World Series. That's all, our only goals. And, uh, 
it was just great to hear something like that. I've never heard anything like that. So it was awesome. And uh, that's why I'm here is to help this team win. And uh, that's what I want also. You know, I want to be able to shake hands or go celebrate in the locker room knowing that we clinched the division and then uh, making our way to the postseason. Do you think, and this is a baseball question, do you think being outside of cores that, if, especially from a hitting perspective, you'll be approached differently because at cores, you know, you may be pitched differently with, you know, how guys may be throwing, you know, spinning the ball up there. And, and then when you're outside or not spinning the ball up there and when you're outside of cores, maybe you're seeing more curveballs, those kind of things. Do you think that'll change? Will you see a change moving forward going in to this season playing outside of cores and, and how guys approach you pitching wise? Um, You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I think, I think pitchers and, for the most part have game plans and sometimes when they have a lot of success a certain way against me they'll probably just keep continue to attack that way i mean, um but there's times where guys are going yeah they're going to make an adjustment and try to see if i can i can adjust and i plan on doing that so you know it's, it's that's how hitting is right it's just a constant battle of adjustments and constant battle with the pitcher but you know i'm not worried about it you know a lot of these players and teams that i'm facing that i face in denver you know i face in cincinnati so you know i know they they approach me a little bit different probably in cincinnati or Pittsburgh or Chicago or whoever and uh, so no you know I, I'm not too worried about that you know I know that when I'm in a good place in my you know my when I'm hitting and I'm in a good place and battling up there I could you know I know I could recognize and do what I'm supposed to do and that's hit the ball hard and do my job and help the team win. Nolan I've said that Scott Rowland is the best third baseman I've ever seen defensively it's not even close I said you are Roland-esque we only have seen you six or seven times so I get asked about it all the time I said if well if if you've seen Scott Rowland, that is Nolan Arenado. Uh, I'm curious, what's your favorite play you've ever made? Because you have made some incredible, ridiculous, amazing plays. Do you have one that stands out that's your favorite defensive play? Man, I, you know, I, I made a, you know, in San Fran, the tarp play. Yeah. Diving on the tarp was obviously one of my all-time favorites. Um, you know, I dove, another one in San Fran, I dove left, bit, bobbled it by uh barehanded it through kind of off my butt to make I the throw to first yeah that was my choice it's unfortunate it gets the giant but uh for, um, but uh you know I, I don't know you know i have a bunch you know i have a few plays that i really love and but those are my two real real favorites you know just kind of because they're so tough and uh, a lot of risk involved ozzy smith before games used to go in the hole and not look at second base and throw to second base it was part of his routine getting ready for a game do you have an odd routine to where maybe you're on a knee throwing to first base or throwing to second base, those kind of things, those crazy plays? Might happen once a year, but do you do anything like that to get ready for a game? You know, in the offseason, I used to, like, practice laying down, popping up on a knee and throwing. Um, <laughs> um, it, it would look kind of weird when I was doing it, but I used to practice it. Um, but honestly, my routine is that I take ground balls at the back of the grass always. You know, I never take it at the front. I know a lot of players take out the front of the grass just to kind of like ease their way back into it. I always take it at the way back of the grass um, just to work on moving my feet, working on my arm strength. And then, uh, and when the game starts, you know, you don't play so deep sometimes. So then the throw feels a little bit easier. So I just try to like compensate with make it a little bit harder before the game. So when the game starts, it feels really easy. So that's kind of how I think about it. Nolan Arenado, thanks so much for your time. I don't know if you realize this. St. Louis is buzzing because you made the decision to come here, and you'll be a perfect fit. You'll love it here, and we're so thrilled that you're going to be a part of Cardinal Nation. No, I appreciate it. No, I can't wait, man. So I really appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. All right, we'll you talk to it. you again.
That is Nolan Arenado, the new Cardinal third baseman on 101 ESPN. Uh, the 3-1-4 says I've got Nolanitis, <laughs> and I like it. He's awesome. And we should tell you, this interview was scheduled for... 9.30. Mm-hmm. He called it 9.25. Yeah. And he called himself without yeah. a PR yeah, person, hey, without hey. an agent, without a handler, called himself. Yeah, said to Emily, hey, it's Nolan. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. So humble. All ready to go. That's humble great. superstar. It's awesome. We're going to cross things over with Dan as we get ready for the Danny Mac Show with BK coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> I love this text that came in during the break, and this will thrill the Cardinals. I have not been a baseball fan for a long time. If I needed to take a nap, I would put on a baseball game. After listening to this interview, all I can say is, I'm back. Yeah. If only they could sell a lot of tickets right now because he'd be selling a lot of tickets. There's excitement around. There's a buzz around the city because of this acquisition. And you give ownership a lot of credit. You give Mo a ton of credit. And you give everybody involved to make this happen. You know, the front office, a lot of credit. Gersh and Randy Flores and everybody, a lot of credit to make this happen because it's a game changer for the Cardinals. He's... I've said this before when the Cardinals were um, playing the Rockies. I said, this guy is worth the price of admission. He is. He's that good. He's that good. I want to make one quick point because Bill DeWitt always makes it a point in a press conference like that to thank the, the fans. fans. Yeah. yeah. Nolan, if it's not for the fans, Nolan Arenado isn't as enthralled with St. Louis. And, you know, this sounds like a homer and I get it, but the, the Cardinals draw 3.4 million fans. I always go back, the, the game changer of this whole regime, this is 25 years now, this season of Bill DeWitt and his ownership group and him being the chairman of the board. In my opinion, the, the trade that changed everything was the McGuire deal. Now you can debate now with stuff that's come out with Big Mac, whether you liked it or not, that's fine. But at the time we were all were in, all of us. And when he came in for, what, two months, Randy, I guess it was, Michelle, 97, two mm-hmm. months of that, and excited the fan base, 98 happened. He signed out August 24th, so the, the, the deal was made on July 31st. Correct, it was the trade deadline. he signed out August 24th. So he had a couple of months, and there was excitement, and he's hitting the ball off the scoreboard, and people are like, holy smokes. And then 98 happened, the summer of 98, he hit 70, and they took that money and reinvested it in yeah, the club in 2000, and, and it changed everything. It was a game changer. You know, it was Kyle, it was Veers, it was Vina, it was Edmonds, and that became Renteria. a uh, Renteria. It became a ball club, a winning club, and that changed the fortunes of this franchise. And to their credit, they put those that, that money that of all the people coming in through the turnstiles, it was a game-changing move by the franchise. Not only was he a great player, and he was, hitting 70 home runs, but... They took that that money of those guys coming through the turnstiles and reinvested in the payroll and became a great team. And those early 2000 teams were great. Mm-hmm. Didn't go all the way until 2006. But, man, were they good. Really good. And I think back the past couple seasons, they had Nolan Arenado on their board for a long time. They knew he would be a great fit, both baseball-wise, 
clubhouse-wise, community-wise. Same thing with Paul Goldschmidt. They do their due diligence oh, finding yeah. guys that they know not only will produce for them, but that will love playing in St. Louis because they understand that's part of the package with the mm-hmm. fans. It's a mutual love and a mutual respect, so I really give them a lot of credit for going out and identifying players across the league that would be amazing fits here and that want to stay. And now, but, if they had Randy or Rosa Reina, oh, damn it. Dan, yeah. come on. Okay. But that's another I'm thing. I'm okay with it now. <laughs> we have to go back and give McGuire credit for that, too, because he was the first megastar to say, man, I love it here, and cried at the press conference when he signed the contract. I asked the question. And um, he then... Not going to make me cry, Randy. When he says to Edmonds, welcome to baseball heaven. I was there when Edmonds brought in his Angels bag and shook McGuire's hand, and McGuire said, welcome to baseball heaven. Yeah. And that, you talk about a game changer, because then those guys that you mentioned, Kyle signed for less, Renteria stayed and signed for less, Edmonds signed for less, McGuire stayed for under market value. I remember Peter Gammon saying during those years, 2001, 2002, he said, they've got 100, Roland was was right after Roland came. He said, They've got a $180 million team that they're paying $100 million to. Yeah. And this, when you look at the money thrown in, this is a deal. It's a steal of a deal. Now, Mm -hmm. everything's got to go. There's an excitement. We're on the pink cloud of this, right? You know, there's an excitement about this. And things got to go right. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to play to the level that you anticipate. And by all accounts, you would think he will. Um, But, man, it's it's a steal. It's it's a heist. In my, just looking at it on paper, it's a heist. So, in fantasy football, sometimes there are teams or guys. Adam Wainwright's one of these guys. He'll call and just keep throwing ridiculous trades at you, and he'll just be relentless until you make a bad trade with him. And I think the Rockies are me in fantasy football, and the Cardinals are Adam Wainwright. And they they just do that to you. And they've done it to the Rockies so much with different ownerships and different GMs. The Cardinals are relentless in, in that. And I, I think... and. I don't know if somebody will tell me off the record at some point, but I think they were so convinced they knew they were going to get Nolan Arenado. That's why they never gave out number 28 after Fam left. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. I like I've that I've thought theory. about that, Randy. I, I actually like have theory. thought about it. You know, maybe. Yeah. Always maybe. left the door open. Yep. Always left the door open. Yeah. Uh, it's the carrot that's out there, maybe a million miles away. It's It's a really... Long carrot, but uh-huh. yeah, maybe. But right? you know what? Yep. You manifest things. Right. Positive energy, positive right. thinking brings good things to you. Yeah. Well, I, I would put it this way. I'm sure, and there's probably other players that they have on their radar right now that are Nolan Arenado S, mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt S, that are out there that Moe's got his eye on, and Gersh and others that they say, boy, if we could ever get them, it'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting. That's you know, happening. I would um, love to see that list. There are players, <laughs> yeah. I, because It's kind of like, in my opinion, it's kind of like the AD that's got his coach that he really likes right now, and you hope you keep him, but you always have your short list. In the top yeah, drawer. you have to. It's in the yeah. top drawer. You always got <laughs> short list. You always got, well, we're hopeful for this, but it, and it came to fruition with this guy. And, and by all accounts, I'm not sure you could have – you could not hit a, a – this is a grand slam. I mean, this is – everything yeah. that's gone on in this last week for the Cardinals has been a grand slam. Awesome. Everything. Yep. So we will do this again tomorrow morning. Dan will be with us every Thursday and Friday. But you've got BK joining you here for the next hour. Next hour, Jeff Passan will be with us. So Good. we'll continue the uh, the talk of what's going on with baseball here. Um, there's been some reports. Mark Feinstein, uh, Feinstein is, said, uh, is tweeted out that their Cardinals are interested potentially in some pitching. So I'm sure, uh, sure we'll talk a little bit about that. 
Scott, get Jeff Passon's thoughts on what's happened with the Cardinals with Nolan Arenado. And let's, uh, fingers crossed, have a safe and healthy start to what would be the 17th of uh, this month for the start of yeah. spring training for the Cardinals. Great. So we'll get into that. Great job by Emily Butcher, our producer engineer. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun, Michelle, wasn't it? It was, Randy. See you tomorrow. Great and job, guys. Thank you. A lot that, of fun. That was Dan. And for all of us, thanks for tuning in, texting in, being a part of the show. You can hear that Nolan Arenado interview on our podcast when it comes up at 101ESPN.com or wherever you get your podcast brought to you by I Promise. And until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast powered by I Promise.